All right, welcome to Wednesday, 29 June, 2022, on the Robert Yadbell Show. We are about to launch the midweek extravaganza. Ty Bollinger is going to join us for a little bit of outside-the-box activities in hour two, so stick with us for that. What if the people actually control their government? I know, that's a question uh, Jeffrey Tucker asks, and it's fascinating. Uh, learn just something that Donald Trump attempted to do that Biden undid as soon as he became president. We'll talk about that. Uh, cardiac crisis. Is there one in America? What percentage of Americans are having a, well, a good score related to their heart health? And by the way, we got a big cardio seminar coming up on Thursday. We'll tell you about uh, big pharma desperate to get COVID shots on the childhood vaccine schedule before the emergency ends. we got a question of the day regarding shedding and germ theory stuff. And Fauci is sick again. <laughs> He took Paxlovid. What a moron. All right. What is disease X? What a bre- uh, You know what? Let's just do the show. All right. Yeah. Super Don, get it ready. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on just about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Back in from the garden, barely in time to show up for my own show. That's what it is like when you don't have year-round warmth and sunshine and growing seasons. You tend to forget about going indoors in the summer. <laughs> I I don't mind it at all. I'm grateful to be here, though, uh, but I'm certainly grateful that I've got a great garden. And I was uh, just uh, transplanting some things our, our buddy Tia uh, Severino sent from Georgia, of all things. She says there is a form of citrus that has a great resiliency even in winter to survive. Uh, I don't think it's like a navel orange or anything like that. I'll have to ask her again what it was, but I was starting to transplant, get those things ready to grow to the next level. And I just kind of got lost in that. And here I am wearing my new favorite t-shirt. Thanks to Kevin Tuttle. Yes. <laughs> thanks, Kev. We have an ongoing, I won't call it a feud, a discussion. It's a serious issue. He doesn't like roundabout by yes. And I just don't understand that. <laughs> but he's kind enough to throw the jokes at me continually. And uh, this Yes T-shirt's uh, really awesome. Thank you, Kev. Uh, we are cranking up the Robert Scott Bell Show today. Second hour, Ty Bollinger outside the box. Uh, more, more on uh, Fauci maneuvers uh, resulting in poor health outcomes for him. I, I don't wish ill will on really anybody, although he's, a, he's annoying enough that I'm like borderline. It's like, it's okay if he gets sick. Uh, but yeah. That's where we are. Uh, want, to, want to talk or ask the question about what it, would it be like if the people actually controlled their government? That's coming up momentarily. Uh, I think that the idea of uh, America, and by the way, tomorrow's show, I have already recorded a, a sensational hour with Jonathan E. Mord. I, I mean, I'm not kidding. It, we went into the Declaration of Independence level stuff where, you know, you just listen to Jonathan, you're transported back to that time. And I, I think it's a fantastic uh, pre-Independence Day spectacular uh, that you'll really enjoy. But talking about the intent of the founders to establish a government that would not rule over us, but that would be, um, you know, I hesitate to say serve us, too. I mean, in, in that sense, it's kind of weird. But, yeah, when they call you go into government, you go into public service or you become a public servant. But, you know, it's interesting the idea of service, I believe, is a high ideal when it comes to, I believe, service in a spiritual context, right? If you believe in a creator or God and you say, God, let me serve you. Let me serve you in the most 
high, highly, uh, you know, uplifting way, however it is you, you, you describe that. And I think that form of service, or even let's say you go into service to help someone in need, whether they be a homeless person, a sick person, a, you know, frail, whatever it is, that's a great honoring, if you will, of your, of somebody else's existence, but of yours as well to serve, but in choice, not necessarily in servitude, like you've entered into a debt because you stole from somebody and your sentence was involuntary servitude, borderline slavery. And if you can remember that about, I think there was one of the, the, uh, was it the 13th amendment that supposedly eradicated slavery said nobody should be enslaved involuntarily, but it didn't say anything about entering into voluntary slavery. Isn't that interesting? No specific, uh, objection. If you want to, if you want to volunteer in slavery, be right, be my guest, go right ahead. And yet most Americans don't realize they volunteered into slavery when they got a social security number. It collateralized them against a debt that could never be repaid. And one of the amendments to the constitution says you can't even question it. It's really strange to consider that. And I would say, you know, preceded by a birth certificate, a vessel, you become a vessel of the state when you, you know, initiate that for your child and you sign it, you go, yep. And they're not really yours anymore. They're not children of God anymore. I mean, they are in reality. Don't get me wrong. That paper can't take them out of their true reality and their true home and their true spiritual nature. But how we behave in our lifetime is often uh, corrupted significantly so because of what we don't know because of what we assume we have to do because everybody else does it not knowing historically that when you had a baby or when you got married or a death in the family occurred these things were recorded in the family bible as records birth records death records marriage records etc nobody asked permission of the government to say hey is my child alive can you stamp them can you give me a something that says they're certified to be and you didn't need that it wasn't necessary. And then when you got married, you didn't go, hey, you know what? We better get a license from the government. See if we can get permission to hitch up, to get together. Right. That was a uh, a spiritual union that was, um, let's say, under the auspices, if you will, if you were in an organized religion of some kind, you know, you'd go to the church, you go to the priest, you know, whatever. And you go, can we get married? And they marry you or you didn't even have a, a service of any kind. You just got together and you lived together and it was, that's a marriage. They called that common law, but there was no permission required of government. And I studied these things, learned about these things, not as a young person through my, you know, young years and teen years and, and university years, but after graduating from university level training, learning about homeopathy as well, but it was a simultaneous re or let's say investigation into how the world really works the origin of government, where has it gone, gone wrong? What has gone wrong? How did it happen? Where was it corrupted, etc. And we can talk about the administrative state, the bureaucratic oligarchy, as Jonathan Emore talks about it. But we just are born into a system like many of us that just we assume this is the way it's always been. And if you dig deep and start questioning the reality that is present, then the people around you that are in that present reality will often get annoyed or even worse, threatened by you. Who? What are you talking about? What do you, you you think? You think you could? You don't have to get one of those numbers. You don't need a birth certificate. You don't have to get a, a marriage. You know, all of these things that happen. Rather than going, hmm, that's interesting. I never knew that. Oh, let me dig deeper. But to self-efface at that point and go, oh, 
You know, I just went along to get along. I didn't even think there was a controversy there. And it's a nice thing to be blissful at a certain level, right? Blissfully ignorant. But about certain things that impact your freedom, I don't think blissful ignorance is a superior place to be. And then you are mandated into servitude, in a sense, by volunteering into it, even though children don't have the capacity to volunteer into anything until the age of majority, unless, oh, well, in California and New York and some other states, D.C., you're younger than the age of majority and you get to say, I want a shot, even though my kids don't want, I mean, sorry, my parents don't want me to get it. Or worse, where that would lead, as you know, by these these loony, I don't I don't even call them leftists at this point, because I don't know what they are when you're talking about those that are trying to engage in, let's say, illicit relationships with minors and try to claim that's a lifestyle choice. But how much is that an extension of, well, if we say kids have the uh, autonomy and capacity to make life and death decisions about getting a a shot, a vaccine or a, a covid jab, which is not a vaccine. Why can't they make decisions about relationships with older adults, even though they're minors? Or you know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm endorsing, but that's the kind of natural extension that's unnatural, if you will, to that scenario. And so the entirety of turning our lives over to a false God, a false deity, mammon, whatever you call it, the government, we have been duped. We have been played, even though our founders knew that was not the right way to go. And they established a government, a form of government that would not be subject to the whims of a king, queen, or emperor. We now have an oligarchy, an administrative state. And that's technically the lead story here on the Robert Scott Bell Show today. The Brownstone Institute, Jeffrey Tucker, who we had on a week or two ago, has a great article. He says, what if people actually controlled the government? Now, he doesn't go as far as I do, but let's face it, who does? He goes into the administrative state acknowledging by the way super i don't know why i'm hearing a little bit of echo is that coming back through you but government managed by elected representatives who are in turn elected by the people government is further restrained by checks and balances between three branches each of which is accountable ultimately the people who live under the laws unlike the ancient system of government in which the only people who were truly free were the aristocracy and even they technically answered to the king under this new system every adult citizen has political rights No one rules over anybody without accountability. The idea was that no one in government had a permanent job or that would be exempt from oversight. But that's not what happens. And that's not what happened. Eventually, it got corrupted. And how did we lose that system or sight of that system and then the system itself? Well, the U.S. system was supposed to, according to Jeffrey Tucker, to exalt the ju- juridi- juridical, I don't even have to say this, I would say it's juridical, but sovereignty of the several states so that the central government was of secondary importance. Second, a fourth branch of government gradually came into this in existence. That's what we call the administrative state or the bureaucratic oligarchy. Going back into uh, the millions now of employees that answer to no one, that make rules and laws contrary to the Constitution. The Federal Register lists 432 agencies that currently employ people who are beyond legislative reach, but still make policy. And this happened in 1883, the Pendleton Act, and then the New Deal under, uh, what was the the guy's name? He ran for uh, office, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a bunch of times, and then they ended up putting term limits on. It was like, we can't have him for life, right? The New Deal. The administrative state got even bigger. Its own constitution with the Administrative Procedures Act in 1946 
1984, the Supreme Court decision Chevron versus NRDC entrenched deference to the agency's interpretation of law. And this is what may be up for challenge in this current Supreme Court that could be a really big turnaround or turnabout should it happen if we stop giving deference to the so-called experts in the bureaucratic oligarchy or the administrative state. So we have hundreds of three-letter agencies exercising control over the entire country. And if you don't believe that, just try to open up a dietary supplement manufacturing distribution and sales uh, company and find out how many rules you have to comply with that restrict one of the most fundamental freedoms that our Constitution doesn't grant us but acknowledges pre-exists government, and that is our right to freedom of speech. And you'll find out how rapidly you will be threatened with loss of life, liberty, and property, or certainly liberty and property, maybe not life. They don't often give you a death sentence for selling dietary supplements, but if they could, they would. People like Dick Durbin, they just oh, horrible, horrible what they do. And so when Donald Trump came to office, he was like, whoa, what is this? Is it, there, you mean there's no oversight over the, I want to drain the swamp and, and I can't do it? And so he came up or people working with him came up with an idea. If I can't destroy it immediately, here's what I'll do. He issued executive order 13957, 13957, created a new category of federal employment called Schedule F. And uh, it should be Schedule FU, if you know what I mean, when it comes to taking on those bureaucrats. But that order was immediately reversed as soon as Biden took office. Why? Schedule F gone. And in, in this article, it goes into what was in this thing. I mean, it wasn't the solution to the oligarchy, but Tagnam, it was the first president in recollection history that said, we can't let these agencies just run amok and do whatever they want. So props to Trump for trying. We're not fans of warp speed here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. You know that. But we are also self, well, self-effacing, yes, but also intellectually intelligent and, and having intellectually intelli- integri- integrity about anybody that we might disagree with on 99 points. And one point we agree with them, we'll go, hey, we agree with you there. Trump was trying to do something good here. I'll give him all the credit in the world for this. But it's gone now. And he could have done some amazing things. Schedule F, and, and let's just go through them really quickly here. If we don't, and if you scroll down this article, Superdon, you can show everybody, uh, starting with Schedule F. There it is. You've got it in the right place. Would bring back the spoils system. Uh, Trump issued Schedule F because he wanted more power. That's what they said. These are some things that they said. Oh, well, that's what because he wanted more power. Well, what did he want? The power over the bureaucracy to limit it, to reduce its reach and control. Yes, it is subject and rife to abuse, but then again, the point is the oligarchy, the administrative state is already abusing Americans, right, left, and center. Could it get much worse? Hard to argue that it could because it's pretty dang bad when you start looking at it. So I would argue that Trump wasn't going after more power for the centralized bureaucracy of federal government in this case, but control over the bureaucracy that the executive branch should have some level of control over uh, until Congress wakes up and gets its head out of its aspirin and starts curtailing it or eliminating it altogether. And this is another thing uh, about the statement that they're concerned about. They say, oh, well, this would, uh, this, would gut, this would gut government of expertise. Wouldn't that be a good thing? Because being in government, being an official, or as some have called it, an oaf-ishal, 
doesn't make you any smarter than any of us. In fact, it makes you more dangerous. This is the same excuse that they use when they were trying to combat conflicts of interest in clinical trials. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yeah, had it'll, so it'll many eliminate good, good, smart, and educated and experts couldn't do right. It. All the experts, well, of course, they have connections with the pharmaceutical companies because they're experts, mm-hmm. right? No. Mm-hmm. no. Another objection to this uh, executive order was that presidents would then use this to politicize the bureaucracy. Tell me how the bureaucracy is not politicized, and particularly in a one-sided direction to the growth and power and centralization of the bureaucracy itself. Having a little bit of politicization to the other direction would be at least marginally better, if not significantly better, until it could be eliminated altogether. Bureaucracies would get around this by minimizing Schedule F designations. So here's the, you know, again, all the arguments against it. And Jeffrey Tucker thinks, you know, through this, he says they would certainly try to do this, but Who's trying to keep calling me from Granbury, Texas? I'm on the air. Who's doing that? Don't they know? Anyway, they would attempt to do this uh, by having po- uh, employees refrain from policy determining, policy making, or policy advocating positions, which would be great. <laughs> that that would be a success. And if they did that, then you'd hunt them, hunt them down, root them out, etc. But it, it's it's an it's a little known thing that I, you know I wasn't clearly aware of as far as a strategy that Trump employed an executive order to give more presidential oversight to the oligarchy. Again, it's not the be-all, end-all solution, but in in the case of a Trump presidency, it would have been a lot better to be able to rein Mm. in those FDA agents, those FTCs, all of the three-letter bureaucratic agencies, EPA, et cetera. And there's a big ruling that might be coming down on the EPA that could be significantly beneficial for someone like Emord to go after the bad guys in government coming up correct so. me if i'm wrong but i seem mm-hmm. to remember that this schedule f uh thing that he came up with was in response to his inability to be able to fire anthony fauci i believe that was at least one part of it i don't think it's the only yeah. thing but once you realize as you're if you're the chief executive officer of a company and you come in your ceo and they say yeah but you don't have the authority to determine who works here Tell me what kind of a CEO would go. Right. And that's, and that you think about, I mean, that's the background that Trump had. And he was just kind of like, uh, no, that doesn't work. No, yeah, no, no, I know. Yeah. So I, you know, look, I have to go deeper. That's why I kind of press proceeded. Let me just think of the words I'm using today. Prefaced preface. Thank you. Uh, the discussion briefly of this article with other things that subjugated ourselves to the oligarchy that caused us to be involuntary, no, wait, voluntary servants because we volunteer in to the system. How many of you have heard that, you know, the so-called tax code is voluntary, but then you say, try to volunteer out and see how voluntary it is, for example. But that's kind of a superficial understanding of it. Wait a minute. There's people that say that the tax code is voluntary? Yeah, heads of the IRS are on record. (laughs) How did you not know that? How, how, you know, there are some people in prison right now that would like yeah. to disagree with you. Well, and that's what? The point. it's well, not the, voluntary. You have to do it. Well, it's a new definition of voluntary, but it's it's voluntary compliance. They call it. You volunteer to give up your Fifth Amendment. On and on it is. It's voluntary, but again, it's all subject to being altered in, let's just say, status by by being made artificial. Right. By numbering people like cattle, they become an artificial creation of the state. And who manages 
the inflow and outflow of what you can make and spend, etc., it becomes a centralized bureaucracy that isn't even technically officially part of the United States government. But because of the volunteering in the numbering of children, they don't even know they've been volunteered into slavery, but it's voluntary. And then when you volunteer out. So what yes, you're saying point. is, is, is because you, you, you got a social security number, you then volunteered to pay taxes. Well, just by having and using it, it, it basically it's part of the machine. You become part of the machine. But is that what they're saying? Is that how they explain it? I, I'm for whatever reason this I missed not, this. This is not the, the point of today's show, but it is I an know, intriguing I discussion. I know, I know, but that's yeah. intriguing to me. It's yeah. like there's actually people that say that paying taxes is voluntary. Well, the thing is, you pay all <laughs> you pay all taxes, lawful taxes that you owe, right? You pay all taxes, lawful taxes that you owe. But you have to do it. Of Otherwise, course, if, you if, go to jail. If, if you are if you are liable for a tax, you must pay it. Do you understand the term liability? If you are not liable, how can you for be a, living and breathing and not be liable for taxes? Well, if you if you live off the grid and don't buy, well, gas, okay, that's the exception you know, to the yeah. rule. But the vast majority of human beings in the United States of America, there's yeah. no way that you can interact and do things the the way that it's accepted. And I'm not talking sure. about the, the I'm not talking about the special way. I'm talking about yeah, the special. Way. I'm talking about the general way. You go to you know get a job, work. Yeah buy stuff, whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way you can avoid paying taxes without getting in trouble for it. Well, look, every time you go fill up your gas tank, you pay tax. If you go to the grocery store, right? unless you're a tax-free, you know. Now, are we you- talking about sales tax or are we talking about income tax? Well, here, you have to designate the tax. That's why I say you pay all taxes that you have a lawful liability for, correct? There's no discussion and dispute there. That's not yeah, but nobody gave about. nobody gives you a choice. Or the government does well, anyway. Let's just say this: your parents, <laughs> your parents didn't give you a choice when they gave you a number that was not theirs to give. Yeah, okay. Before the All age right. of consent. Okay, I'm just trying to figure out where does the voluntary part fit into this here because I'm not aware of it being voluntary on any level. Yeah. Uh, because you, they, they fine you, they put you in jail. You know, yeah. I mean, put liens on your house. You know, I mean, it's. Well, listen, no if you operate thing. in their system, you've got to be aware of the consequences of yeah. not following their rules. I just want to find true. the government guy that said it's voluntary and just punch him in the mouth. Just, just, well, how about Harry Reid? Michael Bolden with. says Harry, there's a video of Harry Reid being interviewed years ago calling taxes voluntary. Again, there have been heads of the Internal Revenue Service who acknowledge that as well. But this is a discussion you can't do superficially, Super D. Because, oh, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Just, but the, you, you let me have my moment. Thank you. That's okay. The okay. point is... Um, <laughs> I guess we got to think a little bit deeper about how we got here. Yep. And th- and that requires again deep thoughts by Jack Handy or something like hey. that. I mean, it's like it's a whole other level of discussion. And the danger of having a superficial discussion is people run off and they hear things and they don't explore the depth and the history and everything else because this is not a system that has been part of the United States of America for its entire existence any more than the oligarchy was. Right? How it managed to evolve in the 19th century through the 20th and now the 21st and Look, we don't agree with Trump on a lot of things. We we appreciate I appreciate some of the things that he did. But it isn't about hatred and disgust or love and fawning over any particular human being, man or woman. But it's about the principles, whether they have them, know them, and operate under them or, or abide by them. The constitutional restrictions and limitations, which seemingly no longer exist. So we gotta go tilt at windmills again when we vote and we try to put a good person in that has literally no control over transforming 
what is such a huge machine that would have to collapse of its own weight or unconstitutionality when people realize how 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 big a scam it is and stop participating and, and and you know that is the key to overcoming cancer too if you look at government's growth as a cancer you say how do we defeat cancer do we poison it to death we risk poisoning ourselves to death participating in the poisoning or do we simply withdraw consent and all activity that would support and prop up what we perceive to be illegal, illicit, unconstitutional, et cetera. And, you know, in integrity, do it not to get out of something, but to get into something better and greater or something that the original intent was as far as maximizing the freedom of the people and not allowing pretty much every plank of the communist manifesto to manifest while pretending we have a United States constitution that's operating and would restrict something like that from happening, including socialism, which is somewhat of the antithesis of the form of government that we were left with, if you will, after the origin of the constitution, following the declaration of independence and the articles of confederation. We've got some of this discussion that's going to happen tomorrow, which with Jonathan E. Moore too. I think you'll enjoy it. A great hour schedule tomorrow. But I really bring this up, you know, as we head into the Independence Day holiday, if you will. And it is, I think, one of the most significant events in recorded human history, that Declaration of Independence. Never before have a people thrown off the shackles of a king, queen, or emperor, some form of centralized tyranny, and said, we're going to do it so differently that we're going to try and prevent this from ever happening again. And here's all the safeguards we put against it happening again. And it happened again. It's happening again. And it has been happening for a long time. And the question is, when do we realize it's not, you know, I've heard some of you say this and I've said it too. We're being too nice to tyrants, right? Why are we so nice and polite? Because we're nice people. You're nice people. We want to be polite. I don't want to yell at people and get in there. That's not what I, I, I enjoy doing. But if somebody is attempting to harm you, steal your stuff, or end your life, is that a time for, let's be polite? Or is that a time to be so belligerent that they know by attempting to do that to you, they risk that and or worse to themselves? I know it's like, well, aren't you engaging then in, in fomenting violence? No, it's preventing violence from occurring by letting them know that if they violate or trespass on you or your family, that there are consequences. What they'd like us to believe is that they can do that because they have a monopoly in government on the use of force and that if you dare to defend your life, somehow that's a crime that could be met with deadly force or imprisonment and on and on it goes. And this fear porn that has been emanating from the government and those sycophants who believe in big centralized bureaucracies, or even if they don't, just by their acquiescence, their participation, their tacit and, and or overt compliance only strengthens the resolve of those in government that want to rule over you. Do you think they're going to wake up and go, gosh, man, oh, I, well, that was not nice of me. I don't think I like having power over people. They typically don't have that epiphany. I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but they love that you're compliant. They love that they say, wear a mask and you wear a mask. It just, it just, man, that's an endorphin rush that never ends. Better than heroin for them. And you don't one day like, whoa, what's that? Who's that? And then all the other people that are feeding them the heroin, their endorphins are going to you and like, what are you doing? Don't put your head up. 
going to make me look bad. I don't want to. You see how this goes? Peer pressure at any age, at every age. And so we're heading into the Independence Day holiday. And I'm like, I understand Michael Badnari going, it's a, it's a day that we should be celebrating, but you really want to sit down and cry and go, how did we lose it? We lost it. Very few people are willing to do or engage in what is necessary to regain it. Because we could argue maybe it's the majority that would rather be enslaved in voluntary servitude, which is allowed under the 13th Amendment. You can volunteer into servitude, into slavery. <laughs> that's, the, that's the game. That's the trick. That's the language of the matrix. They get you to volunteer in and you don't even know you did it. And then when you realize it's like, wait, I volunteered in, but how do I volunteer out? It's a super Don response. And this is not at all taken anything from super Don. It's just like the everyday average person goes, what do you mean? I can volunteer. I volunteered in. Well, that means I can volunteer out. Oh yeah, it does. But are there consequences to volunteering? Sure. As long as they've got tentacles on you and in you and et cetera, and you operate within a system that requires certain things in order to navigate it. But then you're thinking too small. You're still thinking within the box. Are there alternative boxes? You know, is there a box that's obliterated? It doesn't exist any longer. Perhaps they discussed this at the Pork Fest in um, New Hampshire this past week. My son was there all week. I got to ask. He didn't get out of the booth much. He was doing goldbacks all week, like 11, 12-hour days. So I don't know what he saw, if he got to see any lectures and interact with folks about this. But there are people that have recognized it. Millions of people, in fact, have tried to minimize or eliminate altogether dealing with these bureaucratic agencies that are indeed unconstitutional, but because everybody acquiesces and complies, they become de facto constitutional. So we're not dealing with a de jure government, a de facto. If you want to look those up in Black's Law Dictionary, go ahead, dig in, dig in. What keeps us under their control? G.J. Katie says it, fear. Fear. You're afraid. Look, I'm probably still afraid of some things too. But it is fear that allows them to manipulate us into doing things that are against our own best self-interest, including the masking, the jabbing, the distancing, the not getting to worship, not getting to get together with families and picnics and holidays and all the things we just witnessed in the last two and a half years. And some have brought out the memes like, well, if you're wondering how your neighbor would act, would have acted in 19... you know, 43 Germany or whatever it was. Now, you know, would they have stand up and said no or shot a Nazi, even though at risk to their own peril because they knew they were defending life? Or would they just go here? The Jewish people are hiding around the corner there. And we, that's, that's a self difficult, self-effacing moment too, to look around at yourself and others say in my sphere of influence, who would have been compliant with the Nazis or the Fauci's? or the CDC, or the FDA, or the Biden administration, or the Trump administration and its horrible record on guns. How about that? Ooh, ow, ow. Yeah, no. Trump didn't roll back restrictions on the Second Amendment that preceded him, granted, but there's a lot of things at the federal level that even good people go in and they still, they'll still they'll maintain it. How many of those principles are they carrying with them into government? Besides populism. Questions to ask. I know this is a rough show, isn't it? I didn't intend to go to any of these (laughs) discussion points today. Honestly, that's what Super Don does when he throws certain articles at me. Like what if the people actually controlled their government? 
by Jeffrey Tucker. Jeffrey was good last week or we took a couple of weeks ago. All right. Cardiac crisis. We'll talk about that in a moment. But first and foremost, I just want to remind you guys, if you're out there or in there and the bugs are creepy crawly in your house or around your house or in your garden, please don't spray toxic poisons that can cause cancer. Please don't. Look into utilizing the safe substances of creation itself from nature, including delimiting a distillate from the orange peel. And if you haven't picked up Orange Guard yet, what, what the heck are you waiting for? I mean, everybody's got to deal with bugs. I mean, some of you don't worry about it all. Okay, fine. But if you do, use the delimiting that is so safe you could drink it. It tastes horrible. <laughs> you saw me drink it a couple of weeks ago on the air. But so safe, it's not going to harm your kids, your pets, just the critters you don't want to be hanging around you and your, your food and your other loved ones. OrangeGuard.com. It's available direct or a lot of retailers carry it that would carry other nasty pest control stuff that you don't want. So thanks for bearing with me on that opening. Again, unintentional, maybe intentional on some level. Let me know what you think. You can call up 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL and leave a message. In fact, is there a poll question today that might involve that as well? You had asked a little, really broad question in today's There uh, is. Poll. It's kind of more of an internal poll um, oh. with the subscribers. I just threw it out there uh, and asked people what they'd like to see more of in the newsletter. Okay. So I didn't actually grab it because it wasn't really related to a story, but it's just, you know, listen, the whole reason why I get up every morning and put that thing together is mm-hmm. for you guys. Yes. Not, not you guys over there, but mm-hmm. you guys right there. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I just like to ask those questions every once in a while. It's like the question we ask usually at the end of the year, what can we do for different mm-hmm. with the show? What can we do? Cause you know, Robert and I don't do this for each other, mm-hmm. you know, we do this for you. So the question was out there, you know, do you want to have, you see more, uh, you know, news on, um, health freedom news or mm-hmm. general, you know, health tips and tricks or women's health, men's health, gardening, whatever. So I just threw that out there. I can I get yeah, by the I'll tell you what if you want to go over in detail I can go through through the results maybe towards the end of the show I sure yeah no that's fine yeah. by the way did you see Michael Bolden did post the video in the chat room yeah I saw Harry I haven't Reed. haven't didn't click on it but I did see okay. it. okay Harry Reid what a what a yeah numb nut that guy work, was that guy he but, was he was Pelosi's uh, right hand man there for mm-hmm. quite a while yeah till he punched himself in the face with a. I don't know, some exercise equipment, if you remember that. Yeah. Well, you know, he passed He passed away not too terribly long ago. How yep. long has it been? A couple of years, maybe? Yeah. Not long enough, yeah. maybe. I don't know. It's, um, yeah. Cardiac health. Are you still doing your cardio miracle every day? Of course I am. We're doing I a, finished oh, it already. I haven't I haven't started on my new uh, my, my second bottle yet. Yeah, I was talking with one of the ladies at the gym this morning about it because she was uh, hitting the red zone too easily. I was like, no, you need to be in the yellow zone. And I once again described to her how the cardio miracle works, oxygenation. And she says, yeah, I've got muscle pain too. I said, could that have anything to do with it? Yeah. Well, of course, if you can't oxygenate your muscles efficiently and, or you can't remove the wastes from muscles that you use efficiently, there can be a buildup of waste and that can create fibromyalgic type manifestations or scenarios. And I said, yeah, look into the cardio miracle or join us on our, uh, I think it's Thursday at 8 PM. Eastern time tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it'd be five, six, five yeah, o'clock Pacific. So we're going to do a, a discussion about energy. Can you live without caffeine? And I, and I bring that up and it's so funny. There are people here. They're like, I don't want to live without caffeine. I'm like, but 
All right. Look, I know you enjoy a cup of coffee, but then again, there are people doing monster drinks. That's dangerous stuff. But there are people that do enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm talking about the people that are like, man, I have to do coffee or else I'm, I'm just done. I'm dead, right? It can't yeah, function. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, that kind of dependence and breaking that cycle. And we'll talk about that as it relates to oxygenation of the system, uh, nitric oxide, et cetera. So if you haven't attended one of the Cardio Miracle webinars, we get great deals on it as well uh, for those of you who want to plug in. Email went out this morning to those of you okay. who have subscribed. There's also a banner at the top right-hand corner of the website, robertscottbell.com. Our buddy Murdoch says he hasn't been receiving the uh, emails. Do you think he's... Uh, Chances are you have been. Not their spam. They're not, just not going where you want them to go. So yeah, you check your spam folder. Your if you, I don't know what kind of email uh, mm -hmm. service you use, but uh, uh, if you use Gmail... They, they don't put it in your general inbox. They stick it over in the promotions folder of your inbox. They separate it that way. Mm -hmm. um, or it would be in your spam folder. It could be in your junk folder. Or for, you know, sometimes you run into situations where it, it just blocks certain people. Uh, yeah. and, and we have no control over that. So if that's the case, please go check uh, everything first and then shoot me an email. Mm -hmm. at askrsb uh, at gmail.com. We'll take it from there. I'll figure out there's some way we can fix that for you. Okay, great. So on the cardiovascular front, there's uh, news about, well, they say 20% of Americans have excellent heart health. That means 80% have less than excellent heart health. 80%. According to their survey, Life's Essential 8 Checklist, they discovered under 20% of the country has cardiovascular health score, which the checklist considers high. What does that mean? What are their what are their analyses? If it includes cholesterol, I will kick somebody. It Let's probably see. Will. The measures include diet, physical activity, nicotine exposure, sleep duration, body mass index index, blood lipids, blood glucose, blood pressure. Well, they didn't mention cholesterol by name. That's that's a step in the right. Aren't direction. blood lipids though related to cholesterol? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to give them some leeway that they didn't mention cholesterol by name. So that's okay. Something. All right. But they said using a scale of zero to one hundred. Highest, healthiest was 100, scores below 50 or in the low cardiovascular health range, while 50 to 79 indicates moderate. So it's, a, it's not super scientific. It's self-reporting. But I don't know that I would disagree with much to say that only 20% of Americans have you know, ideal heart health. Now, before, long before we learned that modern medicine was the third leading cause of death, we knew that cardiovascular disease, heart attacks, et cetera, were the first leading cause of death. And as I've argued that, much of those heart attacks, many of those heart attacks could be contributed to by medical intervention, drugs, et cetera, or the ignorance of the doctors to say you must lower cholesterol with a drug that destroys your liver, right? The anti-cholesterol medications, the statin drugs. So uh, the reality is many Americans don't realize what it takes to have a healthy heart and cardiovascular system. I would hope that they understand that activity is important. That's the first on the list along with diet. But when they say diet, often they don't describe organic, clean quality foods because pesticides, we mentioned pesticides, other toxic uh, components of uh, modern agriculture can inflame and damage the vascular system, the heart and the vascular system, the venous system, everywhere and anywhere in there. The endothelial could be attacked as well. And so that's huge in how many people in America are eating a clean, organic diet. I don't know. A lot more than before. I know that as, as the growth of the organic movement is such that it's multi-billions in terms of its value. Physical activity, again, I keep harping on Super D because I love him. He's my brother. He makes this show go. And yet getting out just to dig in the dirt is something. But 
It's, I know it's never enough, Super Don. I know. Nicotine exposure. That was something Super D used to do. Uh, and I think it's more than just nicotine, but nicotine does impact cardiovascular health, heart uh, rate, etc. Sleep duration is interesting. That's apparently the first time they, they mentioned sleep because inadequate sleep can result in a whole host or myriad of different uh, ailments, including cardiovascular challenges that you wouldn't need to have happen if you slept enough and slept well. Please sleep in the dark, right? At least cover you know, your eyes if you don't have blackout curtains. Uh, body mass, they talk about that. Blood lipids, we get into the fat issue, a lot of misinformation there. Glucose, of course, we get into chromium deficiencies and vanadium deficiencies. Blood pressure, that's also a hydration issue. If you're drinking some hydrogen water, like from Echo, that's going to help because it's an antioxidant water. That will lower blood pressure as well as the cardio miracle we talk about, nitric oxide. So uh, I'm not surprised by these numbers, only 20% on the a really good scale, but it's just disappointing too. And still cardiovascular disease is increasing uh, and made worse by, guess what? Modern medicine and their penchant to inject you now with mRNA vaccines that are not vaccines that are actually causing cardiac events in younger and younger people, even healthier fit people. They're not healthy when they take this shot. Now, as far as the shot, what are they trying to do? Uh, I've mentioned this before. Mercola's got an article about it. Big Pharma desperate to get COVID shots on the childhood schedule before emergency ends. What emergency? There is no emergency. That's the point of government operating under a perpetual state of emergency. You are living in a state of servitude, slavery, because there's an emergency and under an emergency, they don't acknowledge your rights any more than often you do when you volunteer unbeknownst to you into a system that creates you or recreates you as an artificial creation of the state, not of God. And therefore you are numbered like cattle and they claim ownership over all of your labor, right? What is a graduated income tax about? It's about getting to determine how much you get to keep, not how much they take, how much you get to keep as if none of it was yours to begin with. Of course, if you're being paid in federal reserve notes, you're being paid in a form of money that doesn't belong to you. It's a private uh, non-governmental agency, technically bankers. And so all of this relates to what? involuntary slavery you weren't aware of it but it's still there and with the covid shots that they put on if they are able to get the children approved under emergency use and then convert that emergency use into an approved like community status but even community they're trying to say you can't can find it there but i don't believe so because if they gave a community shot an approved shot covid shot to anybody military or otherwise that service member or anybody that received that community shot was injured or killed could sue the manufacturer directly because it's not protected under the, uh, what was it? The prep act. And, or if it were to be put on the childhood vaccination schedule, then it would be protected under the national vaccine injury compensation program. And therefore you couldn't sue them directly except for, you know, a narrow window of, of, or cases of fraud, apparently that you could, but for the most part, then the manufacturer is off the hook and then a special tax is added to every jab or shot that goes into a pool that then they dole out after you fight like hell just to get some scraps for a child that was killed or you being injured. In any in either case, it's a scumbag system set up, unfortunately, by Ronald Reagan, who was coerced, if you will, or deceived into doing it because the vaccine manufacturers threatened to pull out of America because there were so many lawsuits against them because of the injuries and deaths happening following the vaccines when the schedule was much lighter than it was today than it is today by far and so you absolve anybody of liability 
They are capable of doing great evil deeds. And I don't mean great and good, horrible evil deeds. When convinced that there is no consequence to their action, it turns formerly nice people into evil demon monsters. Milgram experiment, anybody. Never a good plan to uh, absolve liability for actions because the king will do whatever he or she, or she the queen, would want without, without consequence. They're above the law, so to speak. They're not in a spiritual sense, even though they believe it. And these people that are engaged in these mass murderous events like COVID jabs are going to pay for their crimes in this life or the next. But still, it would be nice to see justice played out while we're still alive that a system of jurisprudence would be acknowledging the assaults, the violations on your life, liberty, and property that these so-called mandates, soft mandates, or, or, or pseudo-mandates have done. Oh, it's not a mandate, but you can't work here if you don't get the shot. Oh, it's not a mandate, but you can't get on this airplane to travel across the country unless you get the shot, Canada. You're slaves to Trudeau, whoever Trudeau is a slave to, whether it be World Economic Forum or the Queen of England. This is a reality. When they claim ownership over your body, they limit your movement based on your willingness, your compliance to receive injections even that you don't want, much less to number yourself or your kids like how. You don't get the tax benefit, interestingly enough, unless there's a number assigned to your child so you can deduct that child off of the stuff they want to keep. You get to keep, they say, well, you can keep a little bit more if you just give us your child. Before you even number them, you sign on to the government scheme by going, can I have permission to marry the, the one I love? And then the kids are born with stamps of, you know, numbers, et cetera. They're vessels of the state altering their status at law. You volunteered them in. You never gave them a chance to be born into Zion. It's an interesting thing to consider. Some of you are aware of these things and are going, yeah, yeah, talk more about that. Others are like, what the hell are you saying? I have no earthly What language is Robert Scott talking at this point? So, yeah, they desperately want to get the, the COVID jabs on the childhood schedule because if not, they don't have liability protection. Therefore, they will pull them off the market immediately. They shouldn't be on the market. There's no way they would survive a day in a free market scenario because the product doesn't work and it's deadly, much less destroys your ability to procreate. To have kids we have a question of the day coming in super don if you don't mind let's uh let's go there now it's in the show notes you can see the question of the day it's this is from wendy it's a long one hi how long does shedding last she's referring to the covid jabs if a recently covid vax person touches and coughs on a vegetable like a cucumber or lettuce how long until it is safe for an immune comp compromise to eat that vegetable safely? I'm not laughing, but I am a little bit. It's like eating spike proteins is not the same as being injected with the instructions for your DNA to produce them. Breathing them in, of course, that's a little bit more hazardous in terms of the lung health, pulmonary health. But she says it's hard to wash lettuce. Well, it's possible to do it. I do it sometimes. Yeah. Also, does the shedding wash off of cans with soap and water? like coronavirus does. And if I leave a can or any product that was coughed on by a recently vaxxed person or a COVID positive person in a room at 60 degrees Fahrenheit for two days, is the can then free of the virus and shedding germs? Man, Wendy, you've really thought about this and you are all in on the germ theory at this point. There's no doubt about that. She says, because I have multiple comorbidities, 
I can't fight off the virus or the reaction to shedding from the vax. And I want to have fresh vegetables and vegetable smoothies. Is there a way that I can do that safely? I know it's fine for a healthy person, but I'm interested in fresh vegetables for me. I haven't had any since COVID started. And I really miss fresh vegetables and green drinks and carrot juice daily. And I can't afford a powdered green drinks. I'm not able to work because I have a bad liver and can't afford a natural doctor. Do you know a natural doctor who would donate their time to help heal my liver and other health comorbidities? Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and help. Well, Wendy, what a mess. And I don't mean to add to your mess, but that's just sad. I kind of want to cry as you're telling me this story. It's like you stopped eating vegetables because you're afraid that people coughed on them. No, I am not going to make fun of you in any way. That's not my intent. If you're immunocompromised and have comorbidities, I'll acknowledge that. And people that are, you know, avoiding contact, in other words, they, they recognize their vulnerability. So I'm sensitive to that. I really am. But at the same time, to stop eating vegetables, I just tend to wholeheartedly disagree with that as a strategy to keep yourself healthy. Washing or cleaning vegetables, even with water, would wipe off, if you're worried about spike proteins, much less quote-unquote viral uh, particles. And I know that you say you're immunocompromised, but even if you had some semblance of uh, food-grade hydrogen peroxide, and you, and you, or, or even non-food-grade for that matter, and you, you wash your vegetables in hydrogen peroxide, you're going to eliminate. If you could spray them with silver, that's even better. That's fine. But I know you're going to say, I can't afford the silver. I can hear that. But hydrogen peroxide is cheap, 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 cheap. And even using that in water, much less soap and water, mild soap, detergents, and things like that, there are ways to clean. Or if you had access to the hypochlorous acid, of course, that would involve making the acid water, like getting the uh, echo clean. And that you can turn your water into a supercharged antimicrobial uh, powerhouse. So if you're concerned about neutralizing those things, the echo clean would be an amazing way to go as well. You just convert your water into the hypochlorous acid, bingo, bango, bongo. You've got no concern for if you're, oh my gosh, what's on the vegetable? What did it cough on? Is there, you know, through the GI tract, unless you're, you, your holes have been punched because you have massive inflammatory conditions entire, in, in through the entire GI tract, these so-called spike proteins are probably not going to have much ad advantage of breaking through with a normal functioning microbiome an intact epithelial layer, but I'll, I'll, I'll acknowledge, yes, at the very micro level, those spikes could be damaging and inflammatory, but you're not ingesting the instruction manual to produce them is my point. Now, arguably they'll say, well, what about the virus? Chances are even you, Wendy, with immunocompromised status at this point, two and a half years later, have already encountered whatever they claimed this was or is. And that means you have, even in a weakened immune state, established some level of recognition or immunity by your immune interaction with it. Because there's no way, as much as you've tried to limit your exposure, that you were not exposed to whatever this is. Therefore, you could gain some level of confidence knowing that you're not as vulnerable as you think you are and that you have ways to address the cleaning of the vegetables that you say you want to juice and eat. And I would say the cheapest way, if somebody else has got another option, uh, echo clean unit or high, um, uh, hydrogen peroxide in your water. Boom. You neutralized it there. Hope you're happy or -er. <laughs> happier. All right. Talk about chemical influx and chemical dangers. This is something I've been saying for so long. Cue the, I told you so music. You're probably not going to play it, but 
Isn't it? Would this be appropriate? I always ask my producer about this. Like, I like the themes that he developed over the years. We don't play them much anymore. But would this qualify for an I told you so? <laughs> yeah, this, would, this, this, I think, would be an I told you so, for sure. Mm. Now, you know, you and I don't really have much of a, uh, a uh, difference of opinion on the I told you so. Okay, okay. So, it's the moment of duh is moment the one duh. that we usually gotcha. have, have disagreement on. But. Well, I'm still out of practice with moment of duh. You've got to give me some, cut me some slack there that I, I'm confused about it. But this one is a moment of duh. No, it's not. It's a, I told, I you, told you so. See? There you go. See? Yeah, Current see. chemical risk assessment system is not up to par. If anything, that's an, wow, an understatement, a major understatement. But it's good that they're catching up. University of Texas Health Science Center in San Antonio. They ask, how much is an acceptable dose of a pollutant? Are existing studies to, say, to measure safety adequate? A systematic literature review by the University of Texas Health Center, Science Center at San Antonio suggests that the current system of chemical risk assessment is inadequate and contradictory. The results, say the authors, is an underestimation of the levels of, for instance, flame retardants and other pollutants needed to cause harmful health effects. This is why being me is not orthorexia. <laughs> Doing what I do is not a disorder. It's logical. When you start adding up the millions of chemical compounds, synthetic chemical compounds that have been created since the dawn of organic chemistry and petrochemical converting oil to different things. It's not one thing. It's not 10 things. It's not a thousand things. It's millions of chemical compounds compounded by millions and millions and con constant and chronic exposure. And they never really have taken that into consideration or account when they go, well, in this test, this level of this thing on its own didn't do much, but there's no scenario in which you're getting that one little thing, a little bit on its own. That's gone. That is so far removed from reality. And they published this uh, analysis of 74 toxicology studies, 42 in vitro, 32 in vivo, and 74 epidemiological studies. And they really came to the conclusion that I came to when I was 24 years of age as my mentor of, to be said, your liver is toxic, you're congested, and you need to go organic. And I said, okay, how do you know that? But okay, better than any doctor had ever told me when I asked him, what, why am I sick? They go, we don't know. Genes, bad genes. How about toxic poisons bioaccumulating over a lifetime or lifetimes in case, in, in case we got now, yes, generations of exposure, which we do. So the, the team that did this analysis, they sought to test the hypothesis with a method called margin of exposure. Hey, Mo. MOE <laughs> to determine acceptable dose is inadequate and potentially harmful because Mo MOE may underestimate human risk, especially in children, of course, bad enough in adults. And they conducted a review of studies associating levels of pollutant dose with harmful effects in vivo in the body and in vitro in a test tube and, and epidemiological studies, animal and human conclusion overall. Our results suggest a systematic toxicology versus epidemiology difference. That is, to the detriment of regulatory agency efforts to establish standards for safety in people. So do you wait until the EPA goes, oh yeah, what they said. Let's now restrict these toxic pollutants. Or do you say, you know what, I'm going to strategize my life realizing that I can't eliminate all exposure but I'm going to reduce every bit of exposure that I have genuine control over, like 
choosing something like Orange Guard as a pesticide instead of Roundup and toxic poisons like that. Or choosing, again, to eat more organically. Whether it's certified or not, you know how you grow your own food or if you connect with a farmer that grows cleanly, that you make those choices because that's a significant factor of exposure or vector of exposure through food. How about water? Purifying the water you drink. Echo clean, that kind of thing. And the air, not much you can do when you're outside, of course. But moving to the country, instead of living in an inner city with all the things that are spewing around or not being near these toxic waste dumps or lands, that might be of uh, a decision you, you're considering or already making. Or if you're in the midst of those environments that are toxic, then again, compensating by doing other things better and doing things that support your liver, like selenium. The 100% whole food selenium that we get from Jonathan at choosetobehealthy.com and the chromium, which also impacts the liver, not just blood sugar. And you can get use the code RSB5 to get a discount. 866-939-BELL. Is that right? Eight, no, that's our phone number. 866-424-1077 or choosetobehealthy.com. There's a banner link that'll get you there as well. There are liver formulas, liver detox cleansing formulas that Nutritional Frontiers has. And they run sales on these things all the time. And you can use the code RSB15, nutritionalfrontiers.com or cbdnf.com. And you sign up for, uh, become a customer. You mentioned the Robert Scott Bell Show. They'll, if you're in the United States, they'll send you a nice goodie bag to try. And you can use the RSB15 discount code there as well. Take a picture of those samples they send you. Send it into superdonaskrsb at gmail.com. If we get some more entries, I'll do another giveaway. If you're not going to enter, for those of you new to the show or have been here for a while and still haven't done this, you're in the United States, what are you thinking or not thinking? Plug into the certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD products and other great things that Nutritional Frontiers has. By the way, August 6th, a Saturday, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'll be there for another education event, and I hope to see you there as well. That's linked up in the upcoming events. Upcoming event, Red Pill Expo, Indianapolis, Indiana, July 9th and 10th. We've got more I'll mention next hour when we get Ty Bollinger to join us in the mix to go outside the box. Hope you enjoyed the first hour. Please share the show. Remember, a lot of folks that like to watch us on Facebook are going, I don't know where you guys are. You're not here. Facebook is restricting our live stream. So please share the link to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Get them in on the chat room too. It's fun. You guys are doing great there. And uh, we'll do another hour of broadcast healing as we go outside the box with Ty Bollinger in just a moment because the power to heal is yours. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. What's up, my babies? Everybody here having a good time? Middle of the week, and we're gonna ramp it up, step it up even further. Because my brother, the brother with the big muscles, Ty Bollinger, joins us now to go outside the box on the Robert Scott Bell Show. TMB. What's up, RSB? How you doing, buddy? You're showing off. Every time you show up, you show me up, man. I don't know. You know. um, when we met up a few weeks ago here in Nashville, I was, I was impressed. You, you put on a little bit of muscle there, buddy. <laughs> hey, well, you know that, that Christopher key, the vaccine police guy has been after me to, to do the, uh, IGF one plus stuff that Stallone does. And, uh, uh, uh-huh. some of our friends do. And it's like, it's definitely worked. It's definitely put on, helped me put on some muscle. So 
Um, cool. But I've got I've got to get a wardrobe like yours. Does Charlene pick out your clothes, or you do that on your own? Oh, it's kind of a mix. She bought me a bunch of uh, clothes for Father's Day, which was really cool because, um, you know, I've dropped some weight, and so I don't my 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 shirts that I was wearing last year were just too big, and the pants were too big. So she bought me some nice stuff that I had that actually fits now that it doesn't look like I'm in a big garbage sack. Okay, that's good. Yeah, nothing like that walking around like where is he? He's hiding in yeah. his clothes. Well, I got I got a nice piece of clothing from our buddy Kevin Tuttle, who was hanging out with us in in Nashville, Franklin, uh, a couple of weeks back. Uh, we have an ongoing joke about the fact that you know I introduced him to the band. Yes, particularly the the, the song Roundabout, and you know that it's like a nine minute yeah. long song or something. It's a classic progressive rock song that goes through all kinds of changes and everything. I'm like, who doesn't like that? He's like, yeah, I don't like it. And so I make fun of him, but he sends me a yes shirt. Now what am I going to do? I have to be nice to him. You got to wear it. And, you know, speaking about yes and those kind of those groups, I mean, remember back in the day, you know, we had groups that were named after like locations like Boston and Kansas mm -hmm. and Chicago and Alabama. Yes. You know, they've run out of names now. Some of the groups today is like, what? That's the name of a group. But, you know, I guess all the good names were used back in the 70s and 80s. Some of the names of bands that were used also, we can't even utter, but I remember one that's a funny name of band, Toad the Wet Sprocket. Wasn't that Toad the Wet Sprocket? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, man, there were Crooked House from England was another weird name. There was, there was a lot of weird names. Remember The Cure and, and the, the Violent Femmes? Remember The Violent, yeah, Violent Femmes? Right, I don't think they would pass political correctness anymore. Probably uh, how, not. How about Probably Butthole not. Surfers? Wasn't there a band called Butthole Surfers? There was, there yeah. was, yeah. We could go down the rabbit hole on this one, not just the butthole, but the rabbit hole, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah, kids don't repeat anything we've just said. Yeah, <laughs> those are names of bands. We're not making it up. Talk to your parents about that. Anyway, uh, super. Blame Don, the blame the bands and blame LSD. Maybe that too. Uh, super Don, do you remember any band names that we should know about that we didn't mention yet? No. Yes. Unmute yourself. There's too many. I mean, too many? the the, the two. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for this exactly, but uh, I thought you just pull them out yeah, of your butthole. No, I mean, you know, <laughs> I think it, you know, uh, you know, I graduated in '87, and yeah. that was a great time for music. Uh, a lot of hair band stuff, you know, was coming to you know, you know its peak and stuff like that. That was when uh, Sammy Hagar joined Van Halen, and they came right. out with the '5150 album. That thing was rocking. Mm -hmm. That was good stuff. How about you know, Poison? There's a band called Poison. Now, Poison, they all look like girls, but they had some pretty band. good music. Yeah. Uh, Cinderella. Cinderella. Cinderella, like yeah. But Poison's the only I didn't like Cinderella. That guy right. sounded like he just smoked two packs of Pall Malls every day. He just kind of screeched. I wasn't a big fan of, of Cinderella. But, you know, uh, Bon Jovi was huge. That's when they came out with their, their you know, top uh, Slippery When Wet album. Yeah. You know, you know who, was, you know who's uh, best friends with Bon Jovi was uh, the, I think the drummer, the guitarist on Skid Row. Skid Row opened mm. for Bon Jovi for a while back in the late '80s, and then they basically took over. You know, for and I'll tell you, when you talk about Skid Row, Sebastian Bach was the lead singer, and that oh, guy still today can sing the same way that he did then. He still got. He five, had right? he had a high range, unlike anybody else. You know, he still yeah. got a, vo a great voice uh, over the years. Tommy Shaw from Styx. Can he still does. hit the notes. Yeah. Yeah. James yeah. Young cannot hit the notes from sticks, but Tommy Shaw can hit them. Uh, I was just, it just occurred to me, you know, in the thematic element of the show, we talked about toxins and poisons in last uh, 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 article, acknowledged that the assessment of toxic poisons is way off in terms of harm to human and animal health and children's health. 
uh, I was thinking that, the, that you mentioned the band Poison. They would be considered FDA approved, right? If we think about FDA approved van, okay. bands or songs, uh, Toxic by Britney Spears, that would be FDA approved, for instance. Just occurs to me, you know, if you want your bands or songs FDA approved, just look for songs like that. Yeah, if you if you want anything toxic to be approved, go to the FDA. They'll approve it. Including, yeah. uh, you know, mRNA now injections to uh, destroy fertility and kill babies. You know, it's talking about the controversy of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And all they did was throw it back to the states. It's not like these lefties still yeah. can't get abortions if they want it. But no. all they need to do, in fact, in so-called red states, this is, so, Ty, this is me calling it, how would you say, hypocrisy among the 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 political right that really is happy about Roe v. Wade being overturned. And I'm thrilled that it is. Don't get me wrong. But in those same states, those governors and those legislators are all in on pushing MRNA vaccines or that are not yeah. vaccines. And by the yeah. way, they result in massive amounts of guess what? Miscarriages, spontaneous abortions. Exactly. And we know that those shots are contributing to that. So even in the red states, they can still get abortions. They just go get an MRNA shot. Yeah. And it's sad. It's true. And, you know, it shows how, inconsistent both sides really are on this issue i saw like a man on the streets interview and they're going around asking people about freedom and should you have the right to choose should you have freedom over your own body in light of the roe v wade thing and they're like of course of course it's the woman's right to choose and and then the people say oh so then you must be against mandatory vaccines for covid then too and they're like no 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 that's different it's like so inconsistent right the logic it's amazing you're right and i think it's important that we call out those inconsistencies because look ignorance is one thing and i recognize that many have been ignorant of the role that the fda and the medical uh, monopoly has played in um let's say sacrificing lives in the name of helping people really not valuing life the way we would want to or we do and and yet when we wake up to those realities, and many doctors are, as we talked about Peter McCullough and others that are actually acknowledging and actually speaking out now saying they would never vaccinate again with any vaccine, including the old style ones. So there's an awakening that is occurring. But at the same time, the political, the body politic, if we talk about the Hegelian dialectic right left, your point is important and well taken that on both sides of the equation of, of, of so-called political center, hypocrisy abounds and ignorance abounds. Right. Our joy at overturning Roe v. Wade and then the ignorance of these drugs and these shots creating infertility and yeah. destroying life before it even has a chance to start. Yeah. Speaking of the danger of the shots, did you see uh, Peter McCullough uh, before the Texas Board of Health? I think it was. Yes. Yeah. He texted Fantastic. that to me. It was amazing. I think yeah. I don't know if I sent it to you, Super Don, but I, th I, I think I posted it on our fans of RSB show telegram page. Because it was like, I don't know, eight or nine minutes of just one. He nailed him. Nailed him. Nailed him. Nailed him the entire way through. It was brilliant. Yeah. I messaged him on that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. And Peter's agreed. He, we're going to have him um, in the new episode of Propaganda Exposed that we will right. release in November. And Peter will be one of the interviews in the uh, bonus edition, uh, uh, the ninth episode here. That's great. Yeah. And yeah. Peter's a, just a great guy, a kind man, a good hearted man. He's awesome. And, and he's learning a lot. And yet at the same time, you know, it's just so funny, but you know, but when I met first met him, we had him on the show a couple of times now. And when we met in, in an event in, uh, um, Orem a couple of months ago, and then again in, in, in Nashville, Franklin, where you were as well, 
he's like encouraging me. Yeah. Keep talking about the nutrition stuff. I don't know about that stuff. I want, so it's like cheerleading for the things that you don't know, as opposed to going, Oh, I don't know that. So it must be wrong. And of course that's yeah. the, the kind of the medical mindset prior to this that has broken wide open in many physicians going, no, no, no. I want to learn now. I want to hear it. Please. Let's all talk. Let's all learn from each other. And so that's a great and healthy thing that's transpired or is coming out of all this tragedy. Yeah, it is. And yeah, Peter uh, McCullough, who's a genius in his own right, you know, saying, I want to learn more stuff here. I want to know this new stuff that I have. I wasn't taught in school. It's great to see. And, you know, he's such a nice guy because that day that we were hanging out in, here in Nashville, you know, I didn't know when you had met Peter. You, I just learned for the first time here about a minute ago. Hmm. It was it's like y'all were old buddies and he hung out and was just <laughs> like, it's like y'all went back years and you're telling me you just, you know, had met him a couple of times before. So just a really great guy. No, and it says a lot about the heart of someone that really senses goodness, right? And and acknowledges, and he's been thrust into an entirely new arena or group of people or tribe, so to speak, right? From being, as you pointed out, a very intelligent, credentialed cardiologist, epidemiologist, Baylor background. I mean, top of the game when it comes to medicine. Yeah. And now yeah. he's hanging out with people that are like, you know, all background, just palling around. It's like, that says a lot about his character. It's why yeah. I liked him immediately. Even if I didn't know all the things he believed or was evolving into it, changing his belief system, I could feel or sense the heart of kindness, his real yeah. compassion and concern. And, yeah. and that's where we are now meeting people of like mind and spirit and body, you know, even though we come from various different backgrounds, finding our tribe in the era of COVID, we found out who the people are that really believe in freedom and appreciate even differences among us. Yeah, and Peter's uh, Peter's a genius, and he is—he's compassionate, he's concerned, but he's also easy. The trifecta. He's also credentialed, right? Compassionate, concerned, and credentialed. And that's what we need in this movement is people that are credentialed, because the other side can say, "Well, yeah, you got a lot of compassion, you got a lot of concern, but you're not a doctor. What do you know about these vaccines?" Yeah. Here's Peter. If hey, you should get Don. You should find that clip that Roberts posted of the video of Peter McCullough before the Texas Department of Health. And we should play like the first minute because he goes through his credentials mm -hmm. and it blew me away. I had no yeah. idea. This is, he's one of the most credentialed authors and doctors yeah. anywhere. And, but, but as you know, Ty, and this is the thing about credentials. If, if I had a question about cancer, let's just say, I'm going to put it out there right now. Listen, to, listen to me, everybody. And I want to see, I want to, my first thought is, Hmm, should I contact an oncologist? No. One of my first thoughts is like, I'm going to call Ty Bollinger. He's an accountant. He'll know more. <laughs> you know, it's like credentials are only so, so good as far as that, what you do with them. And McCullough is actually utilizing them for good. And he's, yeah. he's got, and he, he's credentialed too. in the field of medicine that is, that is currently under scrutiny right now, mm -hmm. you know, cardiology, you know, those, yeah. all of the myocarditis and so forth. So he's, he's very, he's very well credentialed, but yeah, point well taken. Depends on what you do with those credentials and all of it, all that someone would do that would come to me for, for advice on cancer would be, I'm not a doctor. Here's some doctors that can help you. And I'd refer them to credential doctors that well, are doing what they should with their, with their doctors, you know, with their, with their letters like you, right? You're yeah, a homeopath. You're a, you're a doctor. I mean, but it's not like people don't worship Robert, Dr. Robert Scott Bell, but you're a doctor of homeopathy. What do you right? call so you, it's, what don't, do you, don't lump me in with doctors. I what do you like do? Yeah. But, but don't you have a, a homeo in something in homeopathy? Yes, yes, yes. What it, is it? it? 
it's a diplomat from the American Academy of Clinical Homeopathy. And that's right. Um, yeah. So he, yeah. you got so, the equivalent of a doctor in that, but they don't call it that. So you're doing what you should with those credentials. But, you know, point taken, a lot of doctors don't. And mm -hmm. a lot of doctors, because they have those letters after their name, you can rest assured they've been thoroughly brainwashed when going through school to where they have cognitive dissonance a lot of times with the things that they may read or right. see or do. But that, that leads to the intense article of the day in hour two that Super Don found at the Brownstone Institute by Michael Tomlinson. It says the age of deference to experts is over. And, and you know, that's the point of like me reaching out to Ty Bollinger. If I, I'm like, I don't know every doctor. I mean, I knew all of them at, at first. Now, Ty, you know more than I know, right? Because you just like took what I knew and then just blew it up even bigger and, and reached out around the world. And yet the point is you also know stuff from interacting with the doctors, researching, writing as well, that you don't dismiss Ty Bolger just because he's an accountant by trade, so to speak. There, these, th this reliance on expertise based on credentialing is false authority in most, in many cases. And it doesn't mean that you don't know stuff, but oftentimes they don't use the God, the sense that God gave them once they get their medical degree is which why I call yeah. it that. And so the point is, Street cred has a lot of credibility with me. And if somebody yeah. says I'm a medical doctor, I don't automatically think, oh, well, yeah, you know stuff for sure. And I'm going to know my first thing is I want to find out what you're doing with that degree before I, you know, make another assessment. Yeah, it's, it's actually a logical fallacy. It's called the appeal to authority mm -hmm. and um, saying because someone is has, you know, a, a degree in this or is an expert in this, that they know everything. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's the appeal to authority. And that's what we are getting past that appeal to authority. And a lot of people are waking up to the fact there's a lot of them don't really know much. Um, and a lot of them appear to be paid, you know, considerable amount of money to misguide the public. So, you know, Fauci being one. Um, yeah, we got an, Speaking we got of that authoritarian, authority. look at what happened to Fauci. Yeah. He goes on this uh, so-called antiviral drug. It's called, uh, what is it called, yeah. this drug? He's on Paxlovid. Paxlovid. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets ill, sick, symptoms of COVID. Yeah. I'm like, you're a moron, Fauci. You're an absolute moron. How do you even have a job? I don't think he would outside of the government fiefdom that he's been in control of for decades. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I mean, he's he's completely illegitimate. Um, and the things that he says are completely anti-science. You know, he says, mm -hmm. I am science, but he's he's saying things that are completely easily disproven by science. Um, and he's, he waffles, he, you know, he flip-flops, flip-flop Fauci is there for a reason. So he goes back and forth on his position. He's, and, you know, and not only involved with this scandemic, but we've discussed before the way he was very similarly involved back in the eighties with HIV and AIDS and, mm -hmm. you know, pushing drugs that he has financial interest in or drugs that he knows won't work, limiting access to other treatments he knows will work. I mean, this is, this is not his first rodeo. Fauci's a, a, an experienced uh, fraudster let's just say over the years yeah yeah for sure so the appeal to authority which is yeah a big big uh logical fallacy according to this brownstone article it says the age of deference to experts is over i mean is it is it really i don't know if it's fully over but uh in my sphere it, it is because uh, i don't utilize people who are degreed simply because they have a degree i'm going to again assess them based on not only what they say but what they do and acknowledge that, yes, it is possible to overcome your medical training, although it's a handicap. Remember, I've, I've said this many times. 
medical doctors need to have handicapped parking spaces because they're, they're, they're mentally handicapped in many ways because they've been harmed by their training. The Flexner report idea of, you know, every symptom, ailment, emotion is evidence of a, a, a drug deficiency, right? It's yeah. just absurd. You know, you step back from it, you go, well, that's what I learned. That's what you're doing. You write a script for a symptom. It's like, is that evidence of a lack of that toxic? Po no. And, and so in that context, it's not something to give great deference to. Now, if you have the skill set to understand biological pathways, immunology and all that, and you utilize it for good. Uh, yeah, that's not unfortunately the norm per se out there in the world, but uh, I'm open for it. And those people end up featured on this show because they have the cred that is they're bringing the common sense that they haven't abandoned or they've regained. Yeah. And, and I don't know that the age of deference to experts is necessarily over. It's coming, it's, it's getting closer, but a majority of people still, I think, you know, that means a lot to them, you know, that, that it's a medical mm -hmm. doctor, which I think is, that's one of the reasons why I mentioned at first, that it's so great that people like Dr. Peter McCullough are speaking about this so clearly and so passionately and instead taking a stand for the truth because he mm -hmm. is credential. And that, yeah. that's one of the things that many people look for. And if it, you don't have those yeah. letters, you don't have those published articles, they're like, well, you don't matter. So if you, yeah, if you value you that, of course, yeah, you can't poke holes in, in what McCullough's saying. You can't poke holes in his credentials. It's very difficult for you to poke holes in, in anything of, around that situation, which is why they hate him so much. Well, and to your point, if you or I said the things he said without the credentials in certain circum circles, they would dismiss it because you don't have the credentials. Now, in this audience and in, in the emerging reality of looking at medicine and not deferring to expertise automatically. And, you know, that's kind of what I brought up even at that event in Franklin you were at and Peter was at. And I was like, some somebody that doesn't know me or any of this might think I was bashing doctors. And I wasn't, but I was also pointing out the fact that they've been responsible uh, for the third leading cause of death annually for a century, you know, easily. And, and so it's like, why would you go, oh, we need to worship those guys. I mean, that's really, you know, these are the death inducers or more, than, more than the health inducers, so to speak. And so at the same time, people like Dr. McCullough are not mad at me for saying that because they get the distinction that I'm making. And I think that's important. Yeah, it is important. I was chuckling just thinking about the, the event here in Franklin because when you, when you went up to speak, if you remember, I threw a spoon at you. And then when you came off the stage, I threw a knife at you and hit you with both of them. They were plastic, though, folks. They weren't metal or anything. You could have poked my yeah. eye out. It could have caused a serious infection. They were plastic, though. But I nailed him with this plastic fork. I mean, this plastic knife on the back going up to the stage. And you turned around and you looked had, like someone had tapped you on the shoulder. I had no idea what happened. Yeah, it was so funny. I forgot that you were in the front row. I mean, I should have known better. I wasn't thinking like that. I was like, I was in presentation mode. And I'm like, boom, what, who hit yeah. me with something? What is that? <laughs> you can always count on me to uh, uh, be the, uh, the butt of jokes per se, or to be carried off the stage by big, strong yeah. people like Ty Bollinger when I go well, over, when I don't. You know, you, you got to have fun at those events. And it, that was a great time, you know, very mm -hmm. well done event here. Some great speakers um but you know you just got to have some fun like that and i uh, i remember when i threw the knife there was a couple people at the table kind of gasped they're like oh you know i'm like it's okay he's not hurt or anything so yes maybe kimberly over crowd there yeah so we yeah having fun is is an important part of what we do uh, hopefully all of the time but finding as i mentioned times time and time again 
uh, a time for joy, a time for worship, a time for praise and, and dancing and singing and all of that in the midst of all of these things. And we've talked about that and you, you know, telling the kids as well that, yeah, we, we know of very serious issues that exist today and have existed before us and will exist after us. But that doesn't mean you, you, you have to live your life miserably and suffer just because there are people in trouble. We've got to find joy in life because that'll inspire others perhaps to find that even in the midst of difficult times. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was just talking to one of the girls about that last week, just saying, you know, find there's something to be thankful for and happy about each day. Let's find it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, don't stop living. Don't worry. Do the best we can now. I mean, everybody's looking at the situation that's happening in USA and globally. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are uh, preaching doom and gloom and there's nothing wrong with being aware of what's happening, but you, there's always a positive spin that you can put on everything situation and keep it going because that's what we got to do we got to keep going because um and not focus on just doom and gloom but focus on solutions there are solutions Mm -hmm. definitely uh i was gonna ask super don because i always appreciate his perspective on you you know he mentioned logical fallacies he knows those well but the age of of experts is it over and 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 super d you know you immerse yourself in you know reviewing a lot of news stories for years now to prepare for the show and a lot of it, you know, includes medically focused type uh, news uh, articles per se or education things. And your perspective on the transition from the time we started doing this to now, is there a, a, a measurable or noticeable shift away from just automatically believing and relying upon authorities or experts? Yeah. And, and most of it happened in the last couple of years. Mm hmm. By, in my opinion, um, you know, up until COVID. I mean, look at look at how we got into the mess that we did with the whole COVID thing. It's because people were listening to experts, right? You know, doing what they said, and and everything just turned into a train wreck. And and people watched that in real time. They saw it happening as it was happening. And and I'll tell you, you know, as much as we hammer the mainstream media, mm-hmm. uh, they helped that situation along really well because you know most of these media outlets can't resist acting like like sharks in the water right and so as soon as especially i would say probably uh uh, rochelle walensky was the one that really took it on the chin during the pandemic and the uh the media took her to to task all the time pointing out you were wrong about this you're wrong about that you said this now you're saying that they they nailed fauci how did we find out about him uh, not wearing the mask at the at the uh the baseball game it was the mainstream media. They were the ones that did that. So we got to at least give them a few points for at least, you know, even if it was unwittingly, uh, they, they helped take down the quote experts during the last couple of years. And so I think people now they're looking at, it, they're going, whatever, you know, you guys don't know what you're talking about. So yeah, it's really the only thing you do that makes me mad when you do that. You give props to the mainstream media. I just like, I Dude, can't, you gotta, can't, you gotta give credit even. where credit is due. You know, every once in a while, CNN puts out a good article, you know? I know it's annoying. It's just annoying. I'm just saying. Stop no, it. <laughs> just but do that, my job, man. But I, I asked you that super seriously because of your observation of, of media more than anybody that I know over the last 16 years, 17 years we've been doing this together. <laughs> to see a shift like that, you would notice it. And, you, and oh, you're yeah. right. 100%. Over the last couple of years, more intensely than ever, the questioning of experts now has become not so taboo. And so... Ty, you know, when you started Truth About Cancer, it's like, yeah, who is this guy, right? And and yet there's a lot less of that. Not saying there's none of it, 
but a lot less of that compared to before. And I'm not talking about like centers for digital hate, these artificial astroturf <laughs> organizations, but the average folks are now going, Oh, I was, I've been listening to experts and I think I really need to reconsider that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a shift taking place. No doubt about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, Don's right. The mainstream media does put out a, a little bit of truth every now and then just to, just to show that they can, but <laughs> most of the time it ain't anywhere close to the truth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they have to have some level of plausible deniability. See, we told the truth once. Yeah, yeah exactly. So if we move forward on the next pandemic scamdemic, uh, an article here at Natural Blaze says disease X, prepare for another pandemic. And, you know, those uh, globalists, the uh, World Economic Forum people, WHO, CDC and Biden administration officials, they just are slobbering for another pandemic, another way to be able to centralize even more of the power and limit the freedom of the people based on a false claim of a new germ that is killing us, despite the fact that our pandemic scamdemic vulnerability has more to do with general health comorbidities, et cetera, than to call a new something, whether it's monkeypox or uh, you know Marburg, whatever they want to throw at us. It's still a matter of vulnerability in the midst of this because we saw the only people that really got hurt or hammered initially were old people with multiple comorbidities on multiple drugs in hospitals in nursing mm -hmm. homes, et cetera. After that, the only people that were really harmed are those that are, are getting jabbed since they brought out the jabs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now they're starting to blame the sudden deaths on, well, you've, you've seen the SADS, sudden adult deaths, you know, syndrome, but they're mm -hmm. also blaming them now on climate change. I saw an article recently that the sudden increase in death and spontaneous deaths is attributable to climate change. I'll send you the article. I was blown away. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. All these people start dying after the vaccines rolled out and they say now climate change is causing, causing sudden death. Yeah. But, but if you realize, let's say climate change as they have throughout the history, they don't change quickly other no. than the weather, the weather changes quickly. The weather can change on a dime in Florida. You look up the storms happen five minutes, 20 minutes later, it's like bright and sunny. How do you describe a slow, gradual shift resulting in sudden death? Now, within the last couple of years, point to me what happened in the last two years from a weather perspective that causes people to suddenly drop dead as adults. And then it falls well, apart, doesn't it? You can't. You can't. And, and that's the problem. And, you know, in, the, in, in every article that's bogus, they'll say uh, health experts say, but then they never list the expert. Right. Well, you probably they probably don't have they probably made that up. Right. And they're making a lot of this stuff is just made up. Not any data that would support that based on one of the proper you don't get sudden deaths that result from gradual changes. that's just not the way it works and climate that, and, you know if, if you remember robert 20 years ago we changed from global warming to climate change because we had a cooling trend for about a decade and they couldn't explain yeah. it from like 2001 to 2008 i think it was is when there was a global cooling and so the climate change or people were were born at that point. They they started calling it climate change because well yeah the climate's changing now it's getting cooler. Yeah. Well, if you want to change the internal climate of your body, uh, get a COVID jab, and then you can argue yeah uh, internal climate change, but artificially induced by synthetic mRNA changing DNA protein synthesis to produce things that can kill you or destroy your ability to procreate. Yeah, that's real, but it's certainly not a global climate issue. It's an individual climate issue, and that means. 
the internal milieu or environment of the, you know, the body itself. And that's not something they want to account for because if they can distract us and say, look, it's the weather, it's the changing weather. It's like, really, who's buying that? Anybody besides AOC buying that? You know, you really wonder who really believes that. I, I don't, I, I, I can't, I just can't believe that a, a majority of people buy into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't, it just doesn't make any sense, but you know, people's stupidity never ceases to amaze me at times. So I they, the people may, but there's just, just amazing. No yeah, it really hey, is. Super D let's go through real quick. The, for those that are new to the show, uh, upcoming events, some of uh, which uh, Ty Bolger and is going to join me, hopefully Charlene <laughs> as well. Uh, so we got some upcoming events listed. There's an upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We've got some more articles to cover a couple of them from the truth about cancer, uh, by Ty and one, uh, by his lovely wife, Charlene talking about, uh, anti-cancer cuisine, which is kind of cool. I'm looking forward to that. So the red pill expo is coming up in Indianapolis, Indiana, July 9th and 10th. Just click on that banner at the upcoming events and it'll get you there. You can get tickets. You can stream it live as well. I'll be emceeing and lecturing, speaking at the event as well. Uh, we've just added an event for those of you in Utah. I'll be traveling to, where's this going to be? Salt Lake Community College. Or is it, it's, it's in Sandy, I think. But yes, uh, the Miller Auditorium, Friday, July 15th. And there's a link to get tickets. And I'll be there with Health Independence Alliance and others. That's going to be an evening event. Uh, there's online seminars and webinars coming up, Becoming Pain-Free. Then there's the Journey of Healthcare with uh, Jamie Dorley, Dr. Tracy Straub, Dr. Judy Mikovits, Dr. Len. And that's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And that's happening August 6th, the Saturday event. Then Autism One, we're back. And it's in the desert, Mesa, Arizona, 18th through the 21st of August. Look forward to seeing a lot of our friends there. And then the 13th U.S. Health Freedom Congress coming up to St. Paul. I, I, I talked with Diane Miller's uh, Ty. And yeah. she says, I, I would love to get Ty and Charlene up there to speak about some stuff, too. So uh, maybe we can coordinate that. She's um, already contacted and we're she did. Do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, super. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a significant event. What Diane Miller has done and set the stage for in health freedom. She's amazing. She's one of my heroes. Uh, then there's the Orlando event coming up in uh, October. And then the granddaddy of them all is the health freedom expo. Again, Ty and Charlene should be there with us 15th and 16th uh, of October. And that's going to be absolutely amazing. So plan to be at one or all of them. And you will notice right on the right-hand side of the page, there's the orange guard. That's the delimiting that we utilize instead of toxic pest control agents. You can use orange guard, go to orangeguard.com. These things, are, as far as I know, are still available like in Home Depot and Lowe's and stuff too. So you can get them locally as well as you can buy them directly. And uh, your, your garden and your house could smell like oranges and it's not harming the kids. It's not harming the pets. Uh, Omri listed for certified organic agriculture. You can actually use this on your organic crops and you will still be organic. That's how awesome Orange Guard is. So check it out. Anyway, so looking forward to, to now knowing that you'll be at the Health Freedom Congress too. Yeah, Diane just contacted us yesterday, and I think I, I'm, Charlene said she was interested yesterday. So yeah, I think we're gonna we'll probably go up there. I think it's in Minneapolis, right? St. Paul, technically, but yeah, it's a nice facility that they hosted at, and it, you know, it really is the core of people that are committed to changing for the better our culture our society our government for freedom the freedom to choose the right health care for each of us and it's not about monopolies at all it's about the freedom and it's like as worthy a group and and uh participation it's not like a massive outreach to the public it's like a lot of strategy sessions a lot of learning it's like hands-on stuff that we get to do with the thought leaders but everybody is welcome to be there 
Yeah, that, that's gonna, that, that sounds like a great, never been involved with it before, but um, it's right there at the at the airport, apparently. Could, hopefully it's real close and easy to get to, yeah, from St. No, Paul. I, mean, I think yeah. it's at the hotel that's the airport hotel. So I think, Okay, I think so you, you're up on it more than me talking to Diane. Way to go. <laughs> I think so. No, she texted me, it. but I think that's what she said. Okay, cool. Now, breathing. Let's talk about breathing. We had, uh, what was the guy's name? Ari, somebody, Ari Witten, I think, uh, on, he was in Belize or Costa Rica somewhere. It was really cool. He was talking about breathing and other things. And you have an article about breathing uh, in better health, the therapeutic power of conscious respiration. Dude, I love that headline, conscious respiration, because how much of our respiration is just completely unconscious? It's something we do. What are we talking about when we're going conscious with respiration? Well, I mean, the way, the way that I practice conscious respiration, conscious just means being aware of what you're doing, right? And mm -hmm. so one of the best things that you can do to, to practice conscious respiration, it will help slow your heartbeat down. It'll help you to de-stress. It'll help you get more oxygen, actually nitric oxide in your brain as well, mm -hmm. is breathe in slowly for four to five seconds through your nose and then exhale through your mouth for about double that amount of time. So if you breathe in for four, exhale for eight. And you just do that, you know, I'll lay there in the sauna. I do this every time I'm laying in the sauna is I'll do the, the breathing exercises. And, um, and it just, it chills me out. It, it's, uh, it's almost like you're, you almost feel like euphoric at times because you have so much, the, the, the additional oxygen in your system with the nitric oxide. I don't know what the, what the chemical uh, reaction is there, but it makes you feel great. And so that's, that's basically conscious breathing. I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but it's being aware of your breathing. And, you know, one of the things you can do that will really help most people don't are never aware to try to breathe through your nose. Um, it's great to do that. It's great to sleep. If you can just breathe through your nose, sure. they have this like mouth tape that you can use to make yourself breathe through your nose. That's a great thing that you can start doing. Most people don't do is try to regularly breathe through your nose. I know I'm a mouth breathing knuckle dragger. I am too. Life. And, I am and, too. and the reason is, you know, much of my young life, the majority of it or almost all of it, I was so congested from my sinus cavity because of allergies and all kinds of garbage that I couldn't breathe through my nose. Now I can, even in the midst of the worst pollen season, but I have to consciously remember because a lot of my being in this body in this lifetime has been about breathing through the mouth because I couldn't do this. So I have to remind myself it's okay. I can breathe through the nose. And so that's a pattern yeah. that's deeply ingrained in me. So consciously opening up, like uh, wearing the, the breathe right or equivalent nasal strips at night to open up the sinus cavity a little mm -hmm. bit more also helps to remind my body, Hey, you can breathe through your nose. So there are strategies are the things you can do to help remind yourself of that. Yeah. And it's just great to practice. I don't know what the, what creates the nitric oxide when you breathe through your nose, but apparently it does. Yeah. It's pretty heavily researched. I just don't know how that does creates nitric oxide if we're breathing through your mouth doesn't, but it, that's the fact, Jack. Yeah. So. One other thing that can help you do that is, is taking cardio miracle, but not through your nose, drinking it. <laughs> that, no, that you, you would have just some orange residue would not. Be oh, right. wait, no, I snorted it. It didn't work. No, it's designed to be drunk now. Come on, add it to water. Uh, I'd, see, way, I'd see Rob, Robert at a party and he'd have light orange out of his nose. I said, did you just snort cardio miracle? Again? <laughs> no, I don't recommend that <laughs> any more than I recommend drinking orange guard, which I did just to show you how safe yes, it was a couple of weeks ago. Yes, uh, but the reality is uh, nitric oxide production is 
really essential for the function of the vascular system and so many more things. Uh, I'm going to do another webinar with our buddy Stan for Graham. Stan's going to be, uh, uh, ho we're hosting it Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And we're going to talk about energy without caffeine. That's going to be a theme of the show. In we're going to do another one with Stan too soon. Well, good. Excellent. Yeah. And, and I, and I think Stan's also going to be at the, uh, the red pill expo where I'll be. And cool. I, I was just, uh, remembering the detail with which, uh, as MC, they were throwing things at me. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know how to do all of that, which is cool. And, and the guy then said a follow-up said, I know, you know how to do all this, but we just send this out anyway. <laughs> I don't take it personally. It's like, it's it, not a bruise. It's too bad that uh, I won't be able to be there because, uh, Indianapolis is only about a four hour drive, but I'm going to be recovering from oculus surgery sir oh you, you're doing the eye correction okay well yeah, all the best i got that. a cataract in this eye so next week yeah. i i go get it removed okay you got a, a, a good are they gonna the videotape it so we can all see it on the following week not that i know but and apparently oh. i'm awake for the whole thing so they don't put me out they just uh numb the eye or whatever and they go in and they cut the cataract off somehow wow i want to ask them if they can videotape it so we can gross everybody out it probably would I'm Probably. sure it would, but that'd be yeah. cool because we like to gross people out occasionally anyway. But it'll be, it'll be nice to be able to see well out of this eye again because I'm, I mean, legally blind out of that eye right now. Yeah. It's just that would be awesome. blurry. Yeah, it would be awesome. But, hey, you know, I just thought last night we had an old man soccer, I mean, a softball league that I'm in. Yes. And um, I hit two dingers, baby. Oh, so, who's coaching yeah. you to hit dingers? Because, right, you were saying how as big as you are, people look at you and be like, you'd be awesome, but you're like, no, nah, I'm not that great a hitter. So what do you think was happening that you hit two home runs? Well, I've been uh, – Bryce has been tossing to me out in the cage, and we've been just working on getting my lower half involved and getting rotation, you know, because it's a whip action rotation when you swing. Yeah. And I'm um, not swinging with my arms, but swinging with my whole lower half and just – it's starting to click and it's starting to become a, a habit now that when I get in a game, I can do it because I can crush I, I want to learn to do that too. Do you, do you have the batting cage, yeah. the pitching cage set up at home? Yeah. So next time I visit, Bryce better be there. I want him to teach me that. He's, he's I, a good I, teacher. I really, he's really he's really good at finding you know technical flaws. So all that to say, I I was able to put it in practice yesterday in the game. And um, and one of the homers was a grand slam. So Whoa. Yeah. Dude. So good. That is so awesome. No, I love, yeah, it. I love it. And here's the cool thing that, so in that Charlene, that's the first games that she's been able to come to. And so the, the, the games that she comes to, I hit two home runs and, and, a, and a double and two singles, I think. So I did, had a good night. You impressed her. She might stick around now. Well, that's the thing. I was hoping to impress her so she would stick around. So I think she will <laughs> for a little while now. And also you'll stick around because her cooking's awesome too. Check this out. Uh, we have in the article links, at robertscottbell.com, Charlene's Cancer Fighting Cuisine, Episode 3. I must have missed Episode 1 and 2. This is awesome. I'm thinking, who doesn't want to learn about Cancer Fighting Cuisine? And uh, is this a new series she's done, or are we bringing out an old series that I wasn't aware of? Well, it's it's uh, it's kind of rebranded. It's this is These are new recipes, but it, we used to call it uh, Charlene's Cancer Fighting Kitchen, mm. and now it's Cancer Fighting Cuisine, so we just kind of renamed it. And, um, and it's just, these are recipes that we're putting together. Eventually we'll release a cookbook and these are recipes from the cookbook that we haven't released yet. And so just some really great stuff there. My favorite on the whole page is the, uh, the detox salad. I mean, cause I, that's what I eat almost every day at the very top. If you scroll to the top, yeah, detox salad. So, you know, cabbage, kale, tomatoes, uh, romaine, lettuce, bell peppers, parsley. I mean, you name it. 
there and i got to hang up there there again um but it's got this is in an onions this is stuff that i eat in almost every salad every day because mm -hmm. i eat a lot of fresh vegetables and so it's just like a constant state of detoxification by eating these these veggies and you can vary you know the seasonings or the dressings or whatever mm -hmm. just be aware that most most you know people will say well i'm gonna i need to limit calories i gotta lose some weight or whatever and then they'll go to a restaurant and get a salad and then they'll dump 300 or 400 calories worth of dressing yeah. on top of 200 calories worth of lettuce and, and carrots. And we just defeated the purpose with the dressing. So, you know, balsamic vinaigrette is great. Uh, olive oil is great. Drizzle a little bit of olive oil, you know, white wine vinegar, rice vinegar, if you want to mm -hmm. put that on it with some salt, some lemon juice or lime juice. There's all different kinds of dressings you can put on it. But just beware if you're trying to lose weight don't add three or 400 uh, calories worth of dressing, which bad oils typically, by the way, right. too, on yeah. top of your nice vegetables. If you're not making your own dressing, please read the labels. Cause there's a lot of stuff in there. You're like, Oh, I didn't know that was in there. It tastes good, yeah. but I don't, I don't know. That's not what I want. Yeah. Uh, so that's an important part of it. And, and if you're growing your own lettuce and salad, like super Don is, you can just grab it and eat it right off. Mm -hmm. When you pick it, it's so fresh and, and yummy. You don't even need dressing. Sometimes it's that good. Was that for Don? Well, if he's paying attention, I'm just praising not, him because he's got this beautiful, it's a multiple head of lettuce thing that he's growing. Okay. And I don't know, have you been eating some of that yet? Or are you just admiring it and letting it go? You want to see what it looks like? I took a picture of it today. I do. I do. Absolutely. I do. And I'm going to go, me. while you do that, I'm going to go get a, a thing of sprouts. I want to talk about sprouts real quick. Okay. Yeah. Go grab <laughs> it. All right. Super D, show us the lettuce. Let's see. This is what the lettuce looks like. No, it's crooked, but dude that looks abundant and happy look how big that is oh it's gorgeous <laughs> it's got a huge so do you just like pick out leaves and then add it to your I'm salad? Gonna, you know what i'm gonna do is uh, i was thinking because i mean it's so much i'm gonna i don't know if i can eat that much all that's i mean that's probably like i don't know how many salads i could well, make why should you right be there. the only one eating it well no, no no i'm not i was saying me but i meant the family but okay that's a lot but yeah just me eat. Like last, yesterday, I went out to the garden and picked up some Swiss chard and some spinach, and, and, and we cooked it. Oh, look at there. Super D with his sprouts. There you go. Uh, do you have any sprout recipes there, or you just kind of eat them like that? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Okay, because you said Super D with his sprouts. Yeah, you got I'm confused there. Too? I'm confused. Okay. I don't You're know. making this confusing. Come on. Oh, that, I love the pictures of the garden. Oh, that's great, don't Yeah. That's the onions right there. Those things have gone crazy. Bunch of onions, man. That's awesome. That's cool. And then the tomatoes. Check out the tomatoes. Remember, because they got they they got uh, frozen. Yep. And I yep. told you they were coming back. Uh, this is one of the tomato plants here. That's how is, much it's come back. Has it started flowering yet? Yeah, the flowers haven't haven't shown up yet. Okay. But um, yeah, you, know, you got delayed from that late freeze. It I shouldn't know. be too long. The um, the zucchini mm -hmm. is coming through there. That nice. that shouldn't take too long. And then the last one is the broccoli in the back is starting to come through as well. Sweet. So, yeah. Super D, I'm proud of you. That's yeah. great, man. It's great, Super D. Yay. Yay. Yay now, if, if you don't want to try to grow anything outdoors, though, or if you live mm -hmm. in an apartment or whatever, then you still want fresh food. This is a great alternative. So these are sprouting. You can buy these anywhere, Amazon or any online store. They're called kitchen crop sprouters but that's just i think that's a particular brand but it's just non-bpa plastic there's four levels a top and a bottom so as you can see here 
Yeah. Can they see that? Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right. So it takes about five days. And at the end of the five days, each of the four levels, well, you'll have look at that. Fresh sprouts, right? Nice. Now to get you the get an idea of how much how much sprouts is in each one, if I grab it, I mean it's it's a lot of sprouts. So it's about the same amount of sprouts that you would get if you go to a grocery store and you buy a little container of sprouts that they sell for like, you know, $3.99 or $4.99. It costs mm -hmm. you about a nickel worth of uh, alfalfa seeds. You're printing your own money. Yeah, alfalfa seeds to, to yeah. grow it. And all you do basically is you, let me just take this apart to show you how easy it is. Take the, here's the, here's where you, you fill this up with water here. This is the bottom. And then you take off the top, which is right here with the fresh seeds and you pour the water into the top and it just drains down through the four levels during cool. the day. And yeah. then you switch it out at the end of the day once to make sure you do the, you do it twice a day. And that's all the, that's all you got to do. And after about five days, the seeds grow into this for about a nickel per level. So it's a great way to grow your own food. Nice. Uh, look, yeah. that that's a great tip on top of uh, throwing that on top of your salad or just throwing it right in your, in your mouth. If you want, yeah. that's really terrific. Yeah. Char Charity and Tabitha just literally will you just run through the kitchen. We have them late at the first of each day. I'll put them out on a plate and mm -hmm. they'll just run and grab a whole mouthful of sprouts and eat them. It's like, that is so much nutrition. You have no idea how much nutrition you just ingested with those sprouts compared to the typical American diet. You just got more nutrition in one bite of sprouts than most people get all day. Yeah, maybe it'll help for our friends in the UK listening on UK Health Radio. There's an article here about nature. And apparently one in four people in the United Kingdom don't know that caterpillars turn into butterflies. They do? They don't. They don't know. Yeah, one, only one no, in I four mean, people. No, I mean, caterpillars turn into butterflies? Wait, wait, no. Okay, now you're going to the American version of we probably might be, we might be worse. But right yeah. now I get to pick on the UK because that's where this article came from. A uh, one poll survey of 2000 British adults found three and four felt more confident identifying pigeons than anything else in the garden. More than half couldn't distinguish between a moth and a butterfly. Moreover, a quarter had no idea that caterpillars transform into butterflies. You know, in light of the fact that uh, most schools today spend more time teaching proper pronouns than something like this, then that's mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. What's the difference between a moth and a butterfly, Robert? Do you know one difference? No, what give me a difference? One difference is when they're see when they're sitting, butterflies' wings are up, moths are down. Uh, but other than that, that? yeah. And I, and I, I don't just, know the last time uh, I found a butterfly in a closet eating clothing where moths can do that. Moths do go through some some serious clothing. Yes, they will. Yeah. So what is the name of the sprouting container again that you had just for everybody? Um, they're called kitchen crop sprouters, but I'll uh. I'll find where I bought them and send it to you okay. so you can yeah. post it on the, on the, on the website. I definitely would get one of those. I love that system. It looks really great. And finally, so another easy. eating, eating story. And I don't understand how you're not just like super morbidly obese with the kind of things you're eating, but apparently, <laughs> uh, this story came out and I don't know. It says America's obsession with freedom is making men fat. Like, wait a second. Ty loves freedom. I love freedom. I don't see it working that way for me, but what is their argument that because we believe in freedom so much, we want to eat whatever we want to eat. Is that the argument? Um, I, I don't know. I didn't honestly didn't read the article, so I don't know what their argument Just is. Just look at like, the pictures. 
<laughs> it's like, look, fat is the new normal, right? It's like, yeah. it's okay to be fat because there's so many fat people that it's just, you know, let's let's all, you know, be thankful that we're all fat. Um, we are, the, I think we are the fattest nation, right? We are, we're ahead of Mexico. As far yeah, as I think so. Know. I mean, they say that it's, but they're trying somehow to say it's because of our love of individualism. I'm not necessarily all buying right. that. I mean, really, we like, because we're individuals, that's why we're fat. No, it's just that we're eating garbage toxic poison additives preservatives coloring flavors you're not exercising i don't know why they're trying to tie it into a love of freedom that i don't either no i mean it's, maybe it's, super don knows but i don't know i mean basically we're eating too much and we're not exercising enough it's just calorie a de de uh, calorie deficit is very much underrated right not people don't talk about just having a caloric deficit if you only lose weight but that's really the nuts and bolts of it if you don't eat enough, if you don't intake more than you're burning, you'll lose a little bit. But well, you just have to become more like North Korea. They don't have a lot of um, obese people in North Korea because yeah. they can't. They don't have any food. They don't have a lot of food. Yeah, you know? there you go. Eat less. Uh, scroll down to the donuts, though. I got to see that picture. Oh, oh wow. mm, donuts. <laughs> um, I was. We went to uh, our, our favorite, you know, organic restaurant you know i usually do on saturdays with my wife if, when, when i'm in town thankfully i have been and we get our organic french fries organic burgers she gets us you know egg, egg omelet all, and it's just a lovely thing to be able to go out and have really good quality food this last saturday though they had organic fully organic key lime pie by the slice i was like oh am i gonna indulge oh yeah and i i think my wife had like two bites and then I ate one big bite, the whole thing. I was like, oh, this is like, oh, I don't get to eat that much. So that was fun. But for me, that kind of thing is a delicacy, not a regular staple. Well, a lot of people, it's a normal part of their, after every meal, they have to have a dessert. That's just not a good pattern to emerge uh, and expect a healthier body <laughs> doing that all the time. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And, um, you know, it's funny, Charlene and I went out last Thursday on June 23rd. It was our 27th anniversary from our first date. So we yes. went out. And uh, we went to this restaurant here in Nashville called Avo. It's a raw restaurant. It's raw vegan. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, it's a fantastic restaurant. So, but, but we had the same thing. We had a had an organic key lime pie, a vegan key lime pie. It was made out of cashew with, uh -huh. you know, I'm not sure what all it was flavored with. I'm sure some lime mm -hmm. juice, but it tasted so good. <coughs> it was excellent. But I, pie, I'm with you. This, I, this was not vegan. Oh my gosh. All dairy and all okay. You know, it's regardless, I, I haven't. Um, you know, that was, I ate some of that, but that's literally the mm. first time I've eaten a, like a normal dessert probably okay. in a, about a year. Yes. So, wow. Well, it was fun. And it, it, like I said, it's always fun getting together and have a nice meal with friends and, and your tribe. So, um, I'd love, I'm looking forward to seeing you at any or all of these events that we're going to connect well, with. Here, and here's the thing. I know we got to cut loose, but yeah. the, mm. one of the reasons people like dessert so much is because of the sugar and they've yeah. shown in study after study that study that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. Mm -hmm. So you literally are craving dessert because the sugar in it is addictive a lot of times. All right. Well, we come back for the bonus round. Ty may not be sticking around, but he's always welcome. We're going to do the poll of the day and listener garden pictures that have been sent in in bonus round. So I can't, I love seeing the garden pictures from our, our audience there. So TMB, my brother, take us out like you only you can do. Always remember the power to heal is yours. Oh.
All right, bonus round commences now, and great show today. Thank you all for being here. Ty was uh, in in his lovely, lovable form as always, and uh, Super D. I got to see some of your garden picks that inspire. I think everybody, because you know how I had to drag you kicking and screaming for how many years before you, you made that did. a thing, and and yeah. it wasn't that I didn't want to do it. I just had not uh, had not gotten around to it. But but your harassment, I mm-hmm. uh, uh, did. Did speed up the process, I will say. So, <laughs> dude, and and it's really impressive what you're you're growing lettuce way better than we are here. And I don't know what it is, if it's our soil or if it's the intense heat where we it's have it. Crazy. I mean, I love beautiful. I you know, it's like when I went to the to the um, the nursery. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, the first time I'd ever gone to a nursery looking at at vegetables and stuff. Yeah. You know. So I just, you know, I was just, I was just walking along, and it, it became fun because it was kind of like, ooh, look, there's that, there's that, there's that, you know. And pretty soon, you know, it's like I'm I'm, I'm having to like control myself because it's like mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm going to like uh, pick, you know, an orchard's worth of of you know right. see stuff. So anyway, um, came across this one, and it just said salad mix. I was like, hey, how could you go wrong with a salad mix, right? You know. So that's what we went with, and it's just man. It's just now have you have you planted anything from seed yet or has it all been starter so far? I just planted I don't know just a few days ago my um, I, I would call him my father-in-law mm-hmm. uh, said hey you need to plant these He said this is one of the first things I grew and it took like 28 days and it was these radishes. I can't remember okay. what kind of radishes they are yeah they're like some Icelandic polar radish or something like that and they they're long you know like mm-hmm. a finger you know yeah finger radish. um and so i was like all right fine so i when i went out to water one one of the days i uh i put like i don't know like eight of them in there okay cool and stuff well, so it's an adventure. we'll see how that works it's an adventure you know if you got good soil it'll grow although yeah. I, I, we're, we're all voting that you just well, were not patient enough for the beets you just yeah gave up on well them. there's still one beet plant there so i mean you know one the the, the ones that were there they had mm-hmm. kind of like they were so shallow yeah, they were so small that when yeah. I had watered, they just kind of come out and stuff. So there's still one there. Did you plant any carrots? No, I did oh, not. Okay, carrots are easy. You just let them go, carrots. and you, and, and as I found out again last year, you can leave them growing well into the snowy season. Mm-hmm. So I would suggest if you can get some seed seed plants for carrots, go ahead and plant them if you've got. How room long does just, it take for them to grow? Months, many months. I mean, you're going to be harvesting them in the winter. Is what I'm, I'll be honest with you. I don't even remember if there were any starts at the nursery. For, no, for you're not going to find carrot starts. Just carrot seeds. They don't start planting. Huh? I have seen carrot starts. starts. Really? Okay. I haven't seen them. But hey, I don't know. You can talk to local gardeners, maybe. But the point is, just let them in there. Even they'll grow right through the winter. Is the point. So uh, that's something you can just not even have to deal with just let them i like the sprouts the thing. thing that ty had there that That's, is cool that yeah. looks really cool i, I mean, want to get just, i think i'm going to get one of those so and they, they don't need you they don't need to be out in the sun or anything they just apparently grow. just indoors i yeah. mean that's pretty cool i, I kind of want to get one of those now yeah he's going to send me where that we can get them so maybe we can get some cool. so that'll be cool so do we have you said we have some garden picks coming in from folks they're watching yeah, so got an email from Mary, and mm-hmm. Mary says, Hi, Robert and Super Don. Just wanted to share some of our garden pictures and a really cool vertical planter mm-hmm. that's made out of Knoxville, Tennessee. It's called the Green Stalk. Maybe you can share with folks that don't have a lot of space for gardening. It's greenstalkgarden.com. She says, Thanks for all you do, Mary. And so 
She had uh, these pictures that she sent us. That's huge right there, what she's got in her bag. Here, let me go, Ooh, go full screen. screen on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I want to see this. Wow, so that, look at the length is, of that. That's a big garden. Isn't that great? Yeah. And that definitely looks like uh, not the desert west. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know where that... Well, yeah, who knows where that's at. She didn't say. Look at um, that bee. Well, there's beautiful. a bee. Yeah. Ah, a bee. I love it. Uh, sure those tomatoes. look like tomatoes to me. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's the there's the um the the green stalk. I had one of those planter thing yeah. years ago when I was in Florida. We had one of those that was like three levels, three or four levels, and it was of all places it was from Australia years ago. But that's a great uh, technique if you've got a vertical space and you want to grow. And so, this is the the oh, website here. Green. What did you say? It was green stalk garden mm-hmm. dot com. Yeah, cool. So that's a place where you can get. Yeah, and, and I, like you that. can grow just little areas and segments of it. The only thing that I didn't like about it was that unless I, I actually made a, a thing on casters so I could turn it around to the sun because one side will get the sun and another will not. In full sun of summer, maybe it's not a big deal, but um, but those things are great, and I, I've utilized yeah. them before. Um, the, the other things, you've heard the tower gardens that are more, I think they're more hydroponic. But they can grow lettuce like crazy too. It's mm-hmm. another thing if you always want fresh lettuce and. And you like know, that. I think mm-hmm. I want to say that um, Mike Adams has those over at his store. Okay. Which there is a banner on the website where you can go to that and and um, where it's the you know the towers you know mm-hmm. and, and grow boxes and stuff. Cool. He he sells those over at the Health Ranger store as well. Yeah. Yep. All right, so how about a poll? We did a poll today, and oh, yeah. uh, the poll basically it was asking. Um, and I just you know listen, I like to know get like pick people's brains a little bit and go, hey, how we doing? Mm-hmm. What would you like to see more of or less of or whatever? Yeah. Um, and so I put a poll out on the newsletter today about what people would like to see more of in the newsletter. And so as of about a half an hour ago, um, this is the results. The question was, what would you like to see more of in our daily newsletter? And so I should have put these in, in some sort of order, but I didn't. But leading leading the pack here, mm-hmm. uh, people want to see more general health tips and tricks. Okay. Uh, secondly, they want to see uh, health freedom news. All right. Excellent. That's not a problem. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What would come in third place here? That would be gardening and homesteading, I believe, at 9.2%. Then you've got women's health articles. You've got humor. People want more humor All right. in the newsletter. I can do that too. Okay. Uh, some prepper stuff. So yeah, a lot of good suggestions here. I, you know, I would say that most of this is I generally um, is included in the newsletter. Here's the problem that I've got though, and mm-hmm. and and thank you for those of you that participated. This is you can't I can't tell you how important it is mm-hmm. that you participate in these polls. Some of them are just for fun. Uh, some of them are good because they do. They allow me to see what it is that people are mm-hmm. interested in or where they, you know, and it, and it helps me kind of, you know, whittle down what it is I'm doing with the newsletter and provide something that you guys are, are it's going to be informative and entertaining and something that you guys want to check out every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one problem I have is, is there's still, there's like so many, I can only put so much in a newsletter, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm still running into a, a problem here. And, you know, for the longest time, what was I complaining about? I have all these stories, and then we can't cover them, and I'm just leaving them there, and I feel bad. Now this has been a way for me to put some of that stuff in there, but there's still more, you know, there that isn't uh, going out that I think is important. So um, I don't know. 
the problem is, is when I send these email letters out, if I mm -hmm. make them too long, and you've seen this, yeah, especially if you have like Gmail or something like that, it clips, it cuts the um, the email like at a certain point, and so all the stuff that's on there past that, people don't see it unless they go and click on something. But anyway, anyway, so thank you for participating with that. That gives me some good ideas, and it'll help me make it mm -hmm. something that's uh, worth worth your while. Uh, Bolden was asking about an organic hydroponic system. She said everyone he set, checked out pretty much not. And I remember the tower garden back in Florida. We had a friend who was a distributor for them and they were all organic. So I don't know if it's a matter of, can you use any of these things in a, in a way organic that uses... hydroponics, right? I mean, not, yeah. I'm not going for certification, but right. Clean growing, right. You're not adding toxic chemicals for instance. Yeah. So as far as I know, it was the equivalent of, let's say, clean, uh, growing greens in these tower gardens. So I, I'm not aware of the ones if they say you're supposed to add toxic poisons to it, chemicals of some kind. I'm not, I, don't, mm. I don't know about those. But the tower garden, I remember, was a good one because all of our friends that were organic, crunchy granola, sweet eating kind of thing, they were using it and they were definitely not adding garbage to it. So, yeah. Kathy talked about she picked humor in the uh, poll question because she just started looking at the Babylon Bee headlines in the morning and she starts <laughs> off the day laughing. Yeah, I uh, I do good. that too. I do yeah. that too every morning. And uh, in fact, in fact, speaking of that, mm -hmm. there was one. Did you see the one that I sent you today? I don't think so. Okay, so this morning here's a good example of a chuckle that I got this morning of something that I would include in the newsletter. Mm -hmm. Did you see that Elmo got, uh, they did the Elmo got his vaccine oh, yeah, right. uh, the other day because Elmo's apparently under five years old, supposed yeah. to be? Right. And so there was a headline over at the uh, Babylon Bee, Elmo dies of myocarditis after receiving COVID <laughs> vaccine. <laughs> That's appropriate. I, I saw somebody in the chat room said sudden Elmo death syndrome, SEDS. Yes. Yeah. Reports have confirmed that beloved Sesame Street resident Elmo died unexpectedly this morning, just a few hours after receiving the COVID vaccine. Elmo not feeling good, Elmo reportedly said after uh, just moments after collapsing mm -hmm. or before collapsing. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, there's stuff like this, and there's other things that uh, I, I'd say would be humorous that we could uh, we could include in there. So I will be doing that. Your I feedback is awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for that. That's really great. Uh, any other uh, announcements, events to add into the mix, uh, things we missed or forgot to mention for mm. our supporters or anything? You know, there was one thing this morning that you sent me that we should probably mention. This has to do with um, oh, yeah. the Attorney Health Freedom Expo. Yeah. For those of you who have products or services that would be real conducive for the health freedom crowd, the Trinity Health Freedom Expo is offering 100 bucks off a booth. And the booth prices are very reasonable for the, the quality of a show and the quality of attendee. It's really good if you know about these trade show expenses. So call 888-658-3976. And uh, by the 30th of June, that's tomorrow, for those of you listening or watching live, you can become an exhibitor and get 100 bucks off. And, and start July 1st, the, the, apparently that discount runs out. So if you were thinking about exhibiting at the Health Freedom Expo, and why wouldn't you be? There's awesome people that will buy stuff from you that would love you and appreciate you for being there. Uh, then join us and, and get a booth. There you go. Save 100 bucks through June 30th tomorrow. Which is also the day of the next Cardio Miracle sem uh, webinar. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. 
at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern time. Right. And there's a banner at the top of, let me show you real quick here, at the uh, website, where you can just click on the banner. Come on, man. See, I'm in, I'm, we're in bonus time, so now I'm forgetting <laughs> how to use the computer. So anyway, there, there's there's the, the banner there. How can you live without caffeine? Now, there are some people who say, no, there's no way I could live without caffeine. I think Marge, mm -hmm. I saw, she, she made a comment. She's like, there is no way I'm going out with ca going without caffeine. Mm -hmm. And I can appreciate that. Um, can you go with less caffeine, maybe? Yeah. I could probably even do that, to be honest with you. But you click on the banner, it'll take you just to this registration here. You just fill out the information. Um, healthy, heart-healthy perks of natural energy with Robert Scott Bell. Hey, hey, don't be bashful. Please share that. I mean, a lot of people that are not part of our, our, our family or tribe, so to speak, don't know about this stuff. And you could be doing a life-saving favor to a friend or family member to say, hey, learn about this, and you might be able to reduce your consumption of, of, of coffee or caffeine, uh, and that's a healthy thing. I mean, I know people don't want to give up coffee, and I'm not saying they have to, but imagine if you needed less to get through the day. You'd be saving a lot of money, too, compared to coffee. So I think that's a good consideration. So that's all I've got. Tomorrow uh, we will be doing a, a quote encore but the first hour is going to be uh, Jonathan Emord as Brand usual. spanking new with Emord, and we go to the yep. Declaration of Independence tomorrow to start everything up. It's a great hour. A I'll lot tell you, that hour went in a direction I was not expecting, but it was a good one. It was yeah. definitely a good one. Oh, definitely. You, you, Mom's you're going to enjoy that. It, it'll, uh, it'll be like a live new show. That's how we did yep. it. And uh, it's well worthwhile as we go. And the second the hour, mm -hmm. rather yeah. than picking something that we did recently, I'm going to go back into the archive. Okay. And pick something out from the past. Uh, so it may be something that you uh, saw a long time ago. It may be something, if you're newer to the show, you may not have seen ever at all. Okay. And so so I won't know what that is until later. Deep, misty dawn of archives. We'll shake the dust off of something. Okay. That'll be cool. That'll be cool. So thank you all for being here. Once again, we're still not on Facebook uh, other than we can post, but we can't stream live for it. We don't know why. Hopefully that'll resolve. But in the meantime, please thank you. Sharing the show is important. Getting people plugged into this, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep at it. We've been doing it for a while, and I'm I don't think there's any signs of slowing down yet. So uh, let's keep cranking it up. And thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Those that do, uh, I'm still locked out of Zoom, and I'm trying to go through the customer no service to get back in so I can get supered on the video of the AMA for those of you who didn't get to attend live. Stupid stuff I got to deal with sometimes. And finally. Get signed up for the newsletter. Yeah. You can do it uh, you know, a couple of ways. You can go over to the website and click on the button that's on the website to sign up. Or if you just want to do it real quick and easy, just pull out your smartphone and text the letters RSB to 22828. You'll get a message back saying to send your email address. And once you do that, you will be signed up for the newsletter. It's that easy. Sweet. Thank you. And then you can have fun poll questions of the day from Super Don as well. So, all right. Well, let's... Uh, crank it up it looks like i'm going to be going mountain bike riding friday after the show on that day of fasting i might have to break the fast a little early just to you know gain the energy that i might need at that point because it'll be a little hotter um dr ray andrews coming up with his carbon fiber mountain bikes his wife apparently doesn't use it so he brings it with him so i can that, this has been fun and i i didn't mention but after that ride uh on i think it was monday morning that i did it i don't even remember at this point when it was but i was like two two days out 
I was having muscle soreness in my low back and over the kidneys. I'm like, do I have a kidney issue here or what, what was going on? Cause it didn't, didn't happen until the second day. And mm-hmm. it was apparently from riding the bike and you know, it was like the uh, up and down. It was like an intense muscle group that I don't normally use. Cause the workouts I do is different or different than bike riding. You were probably, yeah, you were tensing up, tensing stuff, up exactly. Yeah, yeah. And in, in that position, especially when I was coming down the hill, because learning, getting my bike legs under me again to not wreck or anything as we're going fast down the hill. But it was an intense experience. It was a great experience. I'm looking forward to it again. And by the way, um, my wife did the Murphy's punch, which I've talked about. If you place your hand over the kidney and you hit it like that, you can cuss. If there's a kidney infection or issue with the kidney, it will hurt in deeper. You know, I said, do this just in case. And no, and both sides, it was just all muscle and there wasn't a kidney issue. So anyway, just a little tip, health tip for those of you who like health tips called the Murphy punch. Anyway, with that, um, I think we can wrap it up for the day and be back. Well, technically 22 hours or less from now with Jonathan Emord because it's new. You've never seen it. And then back for another full-on live broadcast on Friday. Sounds like a plan. Have a good day. Thank you for being here, everybody.